Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. This ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and Surname FC! What is up, everybody? I am Hector Flores, and with me, as always, is Edward Robles. Oh, I thought you were going to be like my best friend, second host, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, hello there, guys. <laughs> I'm kind of jet lag right now, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Why are you jet lag? Because I just came back from Los Angeles. Well, I came back yesterday from Los Angeles um, to go see my family. But anyway, so we got episode eight of Insert Name FC um, alongside the great Unhinged Sports Network. So another episode since now what are... Eighth one. Eighth right? episode, but now third, yeah, third episode now with Unhinge. Oh, yeah. As well. Is it? Is it? Wow. Yeah, because I think episode six was our debut. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. The Shavi episode. Was it the Shavi episode? Oh, the, the ah. number. Oh. All right. So, yeah. So, clearly my jet lag is definitely hitting me hard <laughs> today. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, this past weekend, I mean, I think it's an interesting weekend for soccer. Um, obviously we had a team blowout on our team 13 to nothing, which is like FIFA on amateur bro. bro. That was legit. I actually did that with Barcelona, uh, against Yokohama and the invitational cups that you do in the preseasons. I did 11 to zero on that match. So was I, was that on legendary or world class? Uh, world class. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you know what? I'm not, cause yeah, world class on FIFA, on FIFA 21 is actually, Pretty easy. I don't know if it's just because, like, yeah. But I, I mean, I play world class on on FIFA twenty or FIFA nineteen. Because I had to switch to legendary. So when I went when I went over to world class, I was like, whoa! I was like, this is pretty fairly easy. The only problem is the tackling. Anyways, um, yeah, dude, I really couldn't believe that Ajax did that. Uh, that was a that shellacking, massacre. man. Yeah, that was no, a shellacking. no, that was a massacre. That wasn't even shellacking. Yeah, though. but that team, that triple V team, um, they barely came back. Or, oh, I'm so sorry. They're, they're, newly they, they, they're newly promoted. So they legit are that's like the sad. first. 
That's gotta be you, bad. You know you're getting relegated, basically, is what you're... Well, no, it's, no, it's Ajax. It's, it's Ajax. It's Ajax, dude. So, I, I mean, mean, you can't... It's either... is Okay. Like, it's either with Ajax those, or PSV. It's gonna happen with either of those two. Yeah, but Ajax is a... I mean, PSV as well, but I mean, like, Ajax, those are, those are guys that are gonna be eventually playing for... Uh, uh, other big teams. Other big teams. So, I mean, like, I hate to say it, but yeah, Ajax is a farming team. Like, it is, but it's still the best team in their league. It's still the best team in their league. Um, but yeah, no, it was just a crazy week. Obviously, we had the uh, Chelsea-Manchester United uh, rivalry game. We had El Clasico. Um, so, I mean, it was just a crazy week all, all, the, all of its the own. Dor- the Dortmund-Schalke game. Dortmund-Schalke game. So, it was like rivalry games. Yeah, it was this, up there. It was definitely this week. Uh, this past weekend, but I then also the fact that I did go to Los Angeles this weekend. Um, it was my my brothers. It's weird to say this because my brothers are twins, uh, but it was their uh, they're turning thirty five actually tomorrow. They're turning twenty five. Happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday, Carlos and Gustavo. But um, we went to L A to go see them. Uh, pretty fun trip, man. I mean, like I haven't been in L A for a long time. I think last time I was there was like. Maybe 2016. I, I don't remember. I just remember going there for a wedding. But it's been a while since I've been to LA, man. It was just really cool to go back. Um, you know, especially because I'm I was born in LA. I wasn't from LA because I didn't grow up in LA. But I mean, like, you know, that's that's a big part of my life. I was just going to LA a lot during this, like summers and and you know vacation holidays. Was going to LA to see my family there. Speaking speaking of which, aren't the LA Dodgers in the playing against the Rays? Yeah, but no one cares. <laughs> We're gonna throw an asterisk on that. Oh wow! All right, <laughs> I'm moving on. After you know what's funny aspect. though? Um, <laughs> so my my brother Carlos, his wife is from San Francisco. Okay, so she's a big Giants fan, and I right. was kind of one. I was really worried about going to LA because obviously we're from I'm from Houston and all mm-hmm. that. But uh, my niece, she when we went to when we flew to LA, she was wearing an Astros jersey. Oh, and so I was kind of nervous, but I was like, okay. They're not going to attack a child, are they? But then again, I'm like, no, because there's some Dodgers fans that were like, you know, wishing cancer on Josh Reddick's kids. Like, so I'm like, eh, you don't know. Yeah, you kind of. So you're some, stepping on a landmine at that point. There was some concern. But then I, I, when I really think about it, L.A. is another city similar to Houston where they have people from outside of yeah. L.A. So a lot of people move into, into Los Angeles just like people move into Houston. And um, like I said, my my brother Carlos, his wife, she's a big San Francisco Giants fan, and she was just like, "Yeah, they just need to get over it." She doesn't care about the cheese scandal. I mean, but I thought it was just maybe just because it's her. But then her brother, who's also a big Bay Area sports fan as well, even he was saying like, "Yeah, the the, the at one point you can't use the cheating as an excuse." Like the Dodgers also lost in 2018 as well. The following the following yeah, World Series, yeah. they lost that. So that was just crazy. But anyways, it was great just to be back in LA. The weather was amazing. Uh, I actually had to wear a not a not a, a hoodie or anything like that, but I got to wear like a jacket. And yeah, like the weather was actually that nice that I was like, ooh, I need my night need to wear a jacket today, kind of thing. But yeah, um, it was, my no, it was big, cool. My big my big fluffy bro over here needed to wear a jacket. Yeah, I mean according to my skeletal looking body over here. Oh, you would you would have needed that jacket from. I would have needed that big puffy jacket, the one from uh, fucking, the Christmas story, the Christmas story, or um, freaking Snow Days, or <laughs> whatever the fuck, any any kind I of winter movie. I forgot about that movie, Snow Day. Oh, bro, how could you forget? That was classic. I just don't think it was like because you know when you think about movies from back in the day, that's not the first movie that like screams at me. 
like I maybe I think of Max Keebler's big move is, yeah. is one that I think of. At least from our period. Yeah. But then I'm thinking most of the movies that we like were cartoons because I mean the Reese Reese Fools Out. Reese was awesome. Um. I try to put we my kids into Pokemon, watching that. The Pokemon movies. Pokemon movies. Oh, I cried at the Pikachu. I cried at the Pikachu thing. I cried at the Cat Dash catch him turning into stone. Oh, uh, what is it called? For anybody who has never watched this movie. Pokemon 2000? Yeah, Pokemon 2000 or even the remake. You know was crazy? I, I remember we went to the movie. No, it thing. wasn't Pokemon 2000. You keep getting it wrong. It's Mewtwo Strikes Back. Which one was two, what, what, 2000 was the one with Lugia. Oh my God. That was 2001. Fucking, no, it was movie, Pokemon the movie 2000 was the one with Lugia and Arikunu and Zapdos and Moltres. I don't care. And my, honestly, fucking, dork, and my fucking dork is showing right now. So let's move on, please. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Well, there will be some Pokemon being discussed God, a little further in, in this show. But anyways, all in all, it was just cool to go back to LA. I got to hang out with my brothers, watch El Clasico with my brothers. I mean, it was, that was pretty cool. Um, especially when I'm in a room full of Real Madrid fans instead of me being the only Real Madrid fan. So, yeah. so my brother Carlos and Gustavo are both Real Madrid fans, and then my brother-in-law Edwin, he's a Barcelona fan. So, it was nice to not be the only, you know, Real Madrid fan. So it's it's very refreshing. But um, but you know, I, I miss watching you with you, buddy. Can we move on? Anyways, because <laughs> I'm um, not happy about the results. So you know, we ta- last week we talked about players that are overrated. And I think we, right. I think we both got like some. We both picked pretty good ones. Uh, uh-huh. But who do you think is underrated? Underrated? Um... <laughs> Damn, honestly, it's it's a hard question because I mean I look at a lot of the big names. So I, I'm, 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 you know me, I'm a fan of the dribblers. Um. Honestly, I want to say, um, I maybe because he's been injury prone a lot, but I feel that the Catito is underrated. I mean, he's he's up there. I mean, every Mexican I mean, knows when, who he I, is. No, no, I get I get what you're saying because you know when you think of all like the Mexican players that we've highlighted. You know, we say Raul Jimenez, we say Chucky Lozano. Lozano, we say, you know, Herrera. Oh, yeah, Ache Ache, yeah. So we, we think say. of, we speak of other people, but we don't really talk that much about uh, Tecatito. Guardado, you know. And, and I mean, Tecatito also, like, you know, he plays, he, he plays in FC Porto, like he yeah. plays in Portugal. So it's not really a lead that you and you watch. And then maybe, like, you can say that the same for, like, a lot of people here in the U.S. at least. Yeah. So it's not like a guy that everybody watches, but we know he's good. It's just... The injuries. Keep- we don't. We also don't see him till he gets called up by the U.S. by the Mexican national team. By the Mexican national team, or if Porto makes it to the Champions League or Europa League. Exactly. So it's like we don't really see him that much. So like I, I was, and then also, the, yeah, the injuries doesn't help. And I, I believe right now he's playing fullback. I don't think he's playing his actual position up top he's, as a winger. He's been no. He's been playing up top. He's actually been playing up top. He was close to scoring a goal. Okay. I remember because I know in FIFA, well, at least in FIFA 20, he was a fullback in FIFA 20. They may have changed him up. Maybe maybe they changed him to a fullback for the fact that he was actually out throughout the most season, throughout last season. He was yeah, out. I can see that. And I mean, he didn't even get called up or anything like that. So I was like, damn, like, I feel like he's underrated. I feel like he could have been picked up by one of the big teams. It's just everybody, everybody looks at that track record of like the injuries list. 
They don't look at like the good shit that he does. Or they don't look at the dribbling. They don't look at the playmaking that he does. They don't look at his passing. They legit look. I think they look. I first, mean, first I, they look. Like I he's mean, at Mexican, the end of the day, like, man, your you best know. ability is your availability. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand that, but like, I think that one thing is that they look. It's like I personally, I haven't seen a Mexican player play in Chelsea. No, yeah, you got a good point. I mean, I mean that, that's that's one. I feel like he could probably do something there. Really, with Chelsea, I mean, they're pretty stacked at the they're winter They're stacked position. right now, yeah. But you know, I, I, was, I, I think feel, like maybe I feel at least for right now for Tecatito, if you were to leave Porto, um, it would be somewhere in La Liga. It would have to be, it would have to be a mid-table team. Yeah, but and I, and I say that because like, because I mean, obviously, I want to see him play. And I don't think he's going to be able to play in a big, big name team with like a Real Madrid or with Barcelona, which I find funny because a lot of the FIFA 20 careers, uh, FIFA 21 careers that I've played, Corona always goes to Barcelona. Yeah. Just, I don't know why, but that seems to be his destination most of the time. Either him or uh, Teles is the other one that I usually oh, see. Oh, yeah. That I see go to Barcelona. But um, I just don't, I, I just, at least for like the power teams, the teams, the powerhouse teams. The powerhouse big, teams. The, the I big, just don't see like, him. One of the big ten or something. Like I just that. don't see it working out for him there. But I definitely think maybe one of those teams that are competing for that, you know, getting trying to get into that. That wants that extra piece to get I, into that Champions League spot. I, I, like he could go to an Arsenal. I think he could make it in Arsenal. He could definitely make it in Arsenal. Um, so I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, Carlos Vela once played for Arsenal, so if there yeah. is a Mexican. There used to be Mexicans playing that in Arsenal, but I mean, like. Well, not Mexicans, but a Mexican at least played for Arsenal. Yeah. But I definitely could see him fit with uh, with Arsenal. I mean, obviously, I believe he plays on the right. I think he can go from the right to the left as well. So Sometimes he'll go in, he'll cut in, he'll do so, that cutback into the, for Arsenal's into the middle sake, from the left side. On the right side, obviously, you have either Willian or Pepe. And then on the left side, it's either Aubameyang or Martinelli. But I mean, obviously, I, I can see him solidify himself in that team. So I, 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 I think Atito is a player that, as far as with a powerhouse team, he's not. He, he, it wouldn't be fair for him at that point. But once he's a little bit more seasoned, more healthy, yeah, he can definitely. Oh be, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. And honestly, it's though, his health. Honestly, is what's killing him. It's, it's like the injury, injury prone. Yeah, Being injury if the, prone. If, is what's if, if his health him. wasn't as bad. He he would definitely have been tearing it. This guy he probably get more exposure than Raul Jimenez right now. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Very underrated player. I, I definitely like his. I like how he plays, dude. I love how he plays. That dribbling, dude. That that dribbling is crazy. The way the ball sticks to his feet, man. That's insane. Well, who's your underrated player? Who do you think? Hmm. It's like I said. I mean, it's it's hard to come it's up. A, with. It's a very difficult one, but you got. And sometimes you can think of like. Because you wait for a position that does get highlighted a lot. Exactly. So I think that's that that was a really good one. Um huh. I might I mean this is gonna come from my bias, obviously, because this is a player that doesn't I'm rolling my eyes at this get moment. highlighted. Highlighted as he as he should be, because I do think that he is a very talented player. And even in here in the US, he doesn't get as much Exposure. Let us hear it. Come on. Memo Rodriguez. Okay. All right. Memo I, Rodriguez. I'll give you that one. I, I don't even think he gets highlighted that much in the MLS. I think. Yeah, and Dynamo, he doesn't get highlighted that much. I mean, aside from the fact that he's the homegrown player, so they do use him for their promotions, but I think 
Like, I mean, the kid is talented. The guy can play. I mean, he's still very young. And the way he, just his vision on the field is just, is, is just really spectacular to me. He, he his, his ability on corners, the fact that he takes free kicks for the team. I mean, you saw that goal that I sent you yeah. that goal that he scored a free kick. He's, he just knows where to be. He's at the right spot at the right time. He can do whatever you need him to do. If you want him to be a poacher on the left, on the, on the left wing spot, he can do that. His preferred position is the midfield, but he's that guy that's so, that he puts the team first before anything else that he's willing to play whatever position that's needed from, from the team. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. So I, 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 I can see I, that with you. Completely underrated player. All right. All right. I, I, I see that. I can see that. I feel you, I feel you. All right, all right, so we do have an interesting show today. Obviously, we're going to have our headlines. We're going to have recaps. Um, obviously, do player of the week and our previews. But today, this episode, we hit a really big milestone, at least for our show. And that is, we have our first ever interview um, for this podcast. So we we interviewed... Andrew from Kicking It With Drew SC. He has a YouTube channel. He talks nothing but MLS and US soccer. Um, he has a pretty good following. He's almost at, at 2,000 subscribers. So, I mean... So, I mean, if you would like to learn about MLS and US soccer, I mean, it would be a pretty good channel to watch. Exactly. So, I mean, I was pretty excited that we, we got this interview. I messaged him a while back. Uh, and, you know, well, today, today's the day where we're going to be dropping that episode, that, that interview. So yeah. really excited. I think it was a really good interview with him. And, and I think we definitely created a connection where we can maybe help each other out in the near future. So we might, see, you might see some more interviews with him and you might see us featured in some of his videos. We could even do a, one of those interviews where he may go for a certain team in the MLS and we're like, hey. well, he's a Philadelphia Union fan. Ah. Can't go against that one right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, so we got a really packed show, so let's get going, man. So, all right, let's go ahead and kick it off with some headlines, man. So the first headline is, what the hell is going on with Ozil? Oh, man. He's the he's the Gunnosaurus savior. So Yeah, man, the dude saved Gunnosaurus. All right, so to give guys... Give people a better understanding of what's going on with Mizzou Ozil. He's on the fire year of his contract. He's getting paid a lot, too, by the way. And this guy has Big not money. played with the first team since March. That's a... Damn. That's seven months. Yeah. And, and it's just crazy to think that he hasn't played. Um, he hasn't been called up by the... He wasn't called up for... Even the Europa League, he wasn't called up for Premier League. He wasn't on the roster for any of those... Games I was honestly surprised about that. And, you know, I think... If it wasn't for the fact that Ozil, I just don't see him as someone that... Well, I mean, the only time I ever saw him get very vocal was obviously when the German team didn't wasn't fond of him taking a picture with the ambassador of Tunisia. I think that was the one time that it didn't sit well with him. I don't know if he's been called up by Germany ever since. I don't think he has. But He had, um, he had trouble with, German, uh, with the German team when Germany didn't make it that, that far in the World Cup. Um, but then remember, you took that picture with the Tunisian, which that's where that's where everything started. Yeah, because Ozil is also Tunisian. Yeah, and so you no, know, I thought it was Turco. Was or, it Turco? Yeah, Turkey. it was some ambassador. I, I know he's Muslim, yeah. but I mean, like whatever country. I feel like so he's, he's half Turkish, I think, and half German. 
And so I know he took a picture with an ambassador. Yeah. And that, that didn't sit well. And obviously he's like, that's my homeland. Like, you know, that, that also is part of me and all that. So they didn't hit well for them. But now we're talking with the issues that he has now here at Arsenal, which he hasn't played since. He's been a player that we're kind of been talking about, like, man, this guy needs to be transferred. Um, which I, it sucks for me because I do like Ozil. I think Ozil's a really good player. I think he still has it, honestly. He has that touch, bro. He has a great touch. He has a great vision. He's not a goal scorer. I don't know why people assume that he's this just, guy's going to score a goal. Can he score a goal? Oh, yeah. Every once in a while. That, that, the, the, his goals are pretty freaking amazing, though, because like, he'll make a play out of it. But it's not so much his goal scoring ability. It's so much of his playmaking it, ability. Yeah, exactly. He, he like, just has an eye for the for the game that just people can't see. Like He, he, can, he see, can make a play three steps ahead of somebody else. I mean, he'll, like, make, he'll make like two runs. Like he'll he'll literally wait for somebody to make that run, but when that person's making the run, he'll see somebody else maybe all the way to the far side of the field making that same run. So he'll already be like, okay, he's gonna make the run, he's gonna pass it to him, and then if he passes it to him, he's gonna like he he already has that in mind. He's, he's definitely a very savvy midfielder. It's exactly what you want from a midfielder. You can even throw maybe that's ideally what you want from a ten. And and he's actually a pretty good driller. Like and, he's got, good, he, he's yes, got he, good ball handle. He's got he's got skill with so, the So it's just crazy. And then plus he's making a lot of money. I mean, enough to save gunner stores. And so like on on that I was gonna tell you on that one, uh apparently there was I don't know if it's true or not. There have been sources uh stating that back in April, when Arsenal asked their players to save money, to basically help them save money during the COVID, he refused a pay cut. I don't know if that has to do with the situation of him not playing. Um, the owner maybe was not happy with that. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I could be a factor of why they put it, him not it to could, be playing. It could be, but I, I, I really don't. It, this thing, him not playing is a soccer decision. It isn't. I don't think it's something financial. I mean, like Petty? As a manager, you should be trying to fill in your roster with the best player available in that game. And to be honest, some of the midfield decisions that, that Arteta has made hasn't been the most thrilling ones I've nope. seen. It's always to me like, why aren't we seeing Ozil? And that, I mean, you can even say the same thing for Mateo um, G. I don't, I can't oh, Mateo Kovacic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. wait, no, that's Chelsea. Yeah, I'm, tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm <laughs> no. tripping. Um, you're talking about, um, damn it, his name is on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, the, the, the French player the, with the, the other sideshow, Bob, in, in Arsenal, because obviously you also have David Luiz. You have. But, yeah, so you, you're seeing, like, the, some of the midfield decisions, that's the one I question about Mikel Arteta. As far as, like, up top and the, okay, maybe he's also back line. I also kind of have some question marks behind that, but that's because I don't believe in Mustafi, which apparently he's not planning on coming back because he didn't sign a contract with, with Arsenal, so thank God for that. But um, the whole Ozil thing, I just think is so weird. You even have his agent speaking that like the fans deserve an honest reason as to why isn't Ozil playing because you have Michael Arteta saying, you know, that his job is to field the best team out there, and it's hard to believe that your best team out there doesn't consist of your number ten, and, and so, and so when when Ozil did get snubbed out of the Europa League and the Premier League teams uh, for this past week, did he take it with any? Was he very hostile about it? No. As a matter of fact, he went on Twitter and supported, yeah, uh, he supported Arsenal. Arsenal. He was like, you know, making score predictions. He even had a poll setting up who's the man of the match for the. So he was full on supporter for Arsenal. Like he was 
you know, he's he's part of this team that he's he's gonna be there. They've said in practice that Ozil's been nothing but professional in practice. Um, that's what I've heard from players, um, from what I've read so far. So it's just crazy to think that like what's what's going on with Ozil? Like what is it about Ozil that that he's just not playing? Is is there is it just the fact that there's players better than him or well, is it let me give you a scenario. What if you have your boss and this is just as like if you're at Mikel Arteta and you want to play Ozil, but what if you have your boss for whatsoever reason that it may be, he's like, I don't want him playing. I don't want him to be on the field. I don't want him in the Europa It has league. to be that. Honestly, I mean, that's, that's all I can think is, about. Because Mikel Arteta knows how Ozil plays. Because this cannot be a soccer decision. This is, I think it's you, something petty, me, something personal. You're telling me a team with Obama and Lacazette and William are on top, depending who they have on, at the right spot. You're telling me a team with a playmaker like Ozil, they can't. With him, the, the, a lot of these games that have been very close for Arsenal would be completely different had Ozil been playing on the field. Like this, this Arsenal team, like it's not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's perfect. But with Ozil, they would be pretty damn scary. Yeah, and then I can I can understand. Let me let me put it this way: I can understand if you're trying to change the team because you're like, man, my team is getting too old. Let me go ahead and put some youth in there. But that's the key word: some. You're not going to take out Ozil completely out of there. You may. I mean, use, aside from that, you, you still need experience yeah. with the inexperience. And then, and then, and then, if anything, worst case scenario, you know how we talked about having an A team and having a B team. Well, even if if, if that's the case, you have him on your B team, and somebody as as professional as Ozil is, you want you want kids to look up to him. You want young young players to actually be like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. I want to come to practice and play with him. I want to be on the field as the same as him. I want to have that same character. You know, I want to have that same play style. I'm pretty sure you do have people like that. But for him not to even be on the field at all, not even, like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. But yeah, so that is going on. So it'll be interesting to follow up on that. Hopefully we get to hear an update with Ozil. All right. So the second one, and this actually is involving my team, Real Madrid. Um... <clears throat> Isco was caught criticizing Zidane in El Clasico. Uh, so, Movie Star TV, which is, I'm guessing one of the one of the Movie Star is a Spaniard. I believe it's a Spaniard um, channel. No, not a channel. Because um, if I'm not, um, they're they're like a yeah. I, I guess you could say it's a channel, but it's like Spaniard. Because uh, I don't think we have it here in the U.S. No, I don't think so. So I, I think it's like a Spanish, um, yeah, TV channel. Their their cameras were there. Their yeah, so they, they caught the footage. They caught the oof. the footage of Isco. So apparently he was speaking to some players um, and kind of showing his frustration. I mean, he's only he's only played in four games, and two of them he started in, and the other two games he came out right immediately. He came in after halftime, and the other one he came in like in the eighty eighth or eighty ninth minute. So it wasn't really like I mean besides the forty five minute one, but I mean the eighty ninth obviously what what are you doing there? Um, but the eighty ninth minute is like as soon as you step on the field, you're kind of already like oh games already like what, what was the what? point? I, I never understood like unless unless you know you're going to extra time like overtime, unless you're you're going to extra time, I can see why you're going to sub a player in. But, or 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 if you're winning by one goal and you have a feeling that the opposite team. Is actually close. Yeah, why would to you bring scoring. in an attacking-minded midfielder then? Uh, just to waste time. 
It doesn't matter. It could be a striker. It could be a winger. It could oh, be a defender. Okay. It could be I was, for some reason, I, was, I guess I was thinking of a corner kick. No. So I was thinking maybe someone of, of East Coast stature is not necessarily someone you want to bring in in the final no, minutes of the game. No, no, no. Like, you, like I said, the final minutes of the game, you're winning 2-1. to one. The other team's been counterattacking. They've been attacking. Uh, how else do you, can you stop their attacking? With a player that can possess the ball very well. A player that can possess the ball very well. But, I mean, just in general, wasting their time. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and that, I, that's where you cut off. Even if it, even if you see the guy just walking off the field really slow, and we've seen this happen countless times, it's basically now part of the strategy to waste time. Uh, as soon as ninety minute mark hits, and they're like, "Oh, we're announcing it's going to be four minutes or three minutes," you're like, "Players oh, start cramping up." All oh yeah, time. oh yeah, dude. <laughs> oh crap, crap. You know, they're like water or something. You know. Oh, aside, even, even aside, so, aside but, from that, man. So the guy hasn't really been playing this a lot this year with and, Real Madrid. And I honestly think he should. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, it, Real Madrid right now is in a really weird situation where 2021, that's when they're going to really... Be, I mean, they didn't make any moves this this past season, this past offseason. I mean, transfer period. Um, but this 20, 2021's summer transfer window is going to be huge because I think Real Madrid are going to offload a lot of players. Some players that I think of is Modric. I think East Coast is definitely not joining that group. Um, but you're going to start seeing them sell more players. They'll probably sell Bale. Um, I mean, he's on loan. So, I mean, they're going to have to... He's gonna yeah, but he's on loan with the... Uh, with Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. But, but he's I mean, on loan he's, with, with the contract uh, option to buy, right? I'm not entirely sure if that's what it is. It could be, but I'm not entirely sure. But, I mean, if... Bale comes back... Say say Tottenham doesn't bring... I mean, apparently he's, he's a cursed player. <laughs> but, I mean, like... If they bring back Bale, they're gonna have to sell him. He's on the final year's contract. He's not gonna. They're not gonna get the same amount of money that they spend on him, nope. but they're gonna need to sell some money because I think the the moves that they're thinking of is Kamavinga, the 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 French the French center midfielder, kind of like a cheaper version of Pogba, uh, but I think has a higher win, a higher ceiling than Pogba. Um, then you they're going all in for Mbappe. I, I know for sure. Yeah, that's, and if that's they don't terrible. get Mbappe, they're probably going for Holland. So it's it's gonna, 2021 is going to be a really interesting transfer period to be following Real Madrid um, for sure. But I think that there's going to be a lot of moves that Real Madrid need to do beforehand before they can actually make those moves. And I think Isco is part of that. And I mean, they have a very deep midfield as it is because you have Valverde, you have Tony Cruz, you have Luka Modric, you have Isco. You have a lot of players in the midfield position. You have Casamiro, but Casamiro is kind of safe because he's a, he's a defensive midfielder. So I don't think there's many we don't have many of those. those we don't have, Real Madrid doesn't have many of those guys. Well, these ones that you can rely on in, in for the first team. But you do have these attack minds. And then you're going to have Daniel Ceballos coming back in from that Arsenal loan. So you're pretty deep in the midfield position. So you could offload some guys. And I mean, Modric, he's up there in age. So you might as well let go of him as well already. You may, Maybe if you get a good offer for Tony Cruz, maybe you'd let go. Because I feel like Daniel Ceballos can probably step in and fill in that role. But you can also say the same thing for Isco. Um... So it's going to be interesting what happens there. But right now, obviously, East Coast frustrated because he's not playing. It's kind of been an issue for East Coast ever since he came to Real Madrid. We know that he's a good player. We've seen him play. We know how good he is. But he just doesn't play for Real Madrid. And I think that it's kind of getting to him. I mean, there's been constant rumors about him leaving Real Madrid. And then he signs an extension. I don't know why, but he signed an extension. Maybe he had a little bit of hope. But I mean, it has to be something. I mean, the fact that he's it's it's, a, it's hot see, seems like a Zidane issue because I mean, you you see his frustration with Zidane. the fact that he's 
criticizing Zidane in the middle of a game can't help it. You know, there has to be something going on between him and Zidane. Mm, it could be. Maybe Zidane has sat down and talked to him already about it. And I guess to vent his frustrations, he just let it all out. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't help right now with the fact that you know he just did this in it public, and it doesn't look good for the team, obviously, because especially with 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 the run of games that they had, they had the the embarrassing loss to Cadiz, then they had the embarrassing loss to to Shakhtar Donetsk, and now, I mean, well, now you beat Barcelona, so I mean, there's some sort of saving grace, but not really. You're still kind of Real Madrid has not been playing up to par, to be honest. This Barcelona game was different, but I mean, I don't. I think there's still some question marks in that game itself as well. But I mean, like, you know, it's just not been a good year, and I mean, Isco has hardly been playing. Um, it just, it just seems odd that the guy's right in the bench, and when he does play, it's not very, it's not, not very much opportunities. Oh, not really, not at all. So, I mean, right now, I don't blame, him. I don't blame him for his frustration. I mean, Isco's a player that I really like, and it, as a fan of Isco. It's frustrating to see him, well, not play. Um, I agree, and I like I like the kid. I mean, he's he's good. I, I like like I said, I'm a big uh, fan of the dribblers. Like, and then his, the way he t- to move the ball, even with both legs, like not just with his right, but his left foot as well, bro. Like, I'm like, he's got that weird touch that it's like it's deadly, and that, um, his dribbling, his little ruleta. And then when he has the ball like to his foot, I'm like, dude, that's that's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And I even told you, I was like, man, I was like, Barcelona could have gotten Isco and everything. And I was like, they should have known it. Nah, yeah, for sure. All right, man. So the last headline is Richard Ronaldo is getting investigated for breaching COVID protocol. Gosh. So Ronaldo tested positive again for COVID-19. So he's been already tested positive twice. Um, So he's most likely looking like he's not going to be playing the, the Barcelona Juventus game. That's a big... Mm-hmm. Which has already happened since this is dropping on Thursday. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Next Thursday. Is it this one? Is, is... Uh, <laughs> well then. Uh, blame... Uh, I guess I'm not jet lag. I'm just work. I'm just overworked. Uh, work has done something to you, man. But anyways... I thought it was Wednesday today. <laughs> All right, so uh, Vincenzo Spadafora, uh, he believes that Cristiano Ronaldo spoke protocol. He's actually spoke of this many times before, but I guess now he has, I guess, some proof that Ronaldo didn't that broke protocol. And uh, I guess something about the, the fact that after once he tested positive, he went home to go to do home is- isolation. He feels that I guess there was some point that he broke the protocol. I don't. I really can't tell you specifics, even though like Cristiano Ronaldo puts everything on social media. So, I mean, if there was any sign that he broke protocol, he, we probably would know. Just yeah. The only thing we know is that he shaved his head. So I mean, like, yeah. So I mean, like, as far as I know, I don't think he broke protocol. But then again, I don't. I haven't seen anything that shows it, or at least proves that. And I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo also believes that he didn't do anything. Um, that he did not. Break protocol. As a matter of fact, he spoke to the team to make sure that he followed the protocol. So he made sure that the fact that he was going home to be isolated at home, that he was making sure that he was doing it the right way. 
So, I mean, it's going to be weird what happens with this investigation, what's going to happen, what is the punishment for Cristiano Ronaldo if they find that he does, in fact, break protocol. But I just don't think Cristiano Ronaldo is at least that careless of a player. I mean, he does have multiple kids with multiple women, but I mean, aside from that, the man's pretty professional as it gets, so I doubt that yeah, he when it, do. when it comes to soccer, that dude is professional. And, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to do anything that's going to ruin his chances of playing against Lionel Messi one more time. Which, yeah. unfortunately, he's probably not going to play Lionel Messi. So. Yeah, that, and then that's the thing. Juventus is going to struggle on that one. Because yeah, without, without him, I mean, you see Juventus have actually have some sort of struggle. Yeah, completely. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I just think that um, there is some concern for it. I mean, hopefully, I, I feel, personally, I feel like if he did do it, I feel like they're going to find some, it, the, the, the whole country of, of Italy, or at least Torino, is going to find a way to to make sure that Ronaldo doesn't get in trouble. Mm, we'll see. I mean, you got a lot of haters, even if... Yeah, but I'm talking about the city of Torino as a whole. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I mean, we'll see as as it goes. I mean, this this I mean, this uh, Vin, Vincenzo guy it seems clearly dead set on making sure he gets Ram, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, you know, <laughs> you got some haters out there. <laughs> so, I mean, this guy's going above beyond if he if, like he's going out of his way to get this guy punished. So, yeah, I mean, it's exactly. Pretty, it's pretty interesting as it gets, man. But yeah, so those are the headlines. So let's go on with, get going with some game recaps. What is your game? My game. My game is the Manchester United versus Chelsea game. Now, I was really excited about this game. Honestly, I was. It wasn't a bad match. It's just I really wanted Manchester United to pull out a win on this one because they have been struggling so hard. And they've been playing pretty decent. And I mean, I'm saying that very loosely because they, yeah, but they kind of seem to have found a rhythm, and I think they tried that same rhythm against Chelsea. And I, th- I honestly thought that was going to help them out. I really did. And then they actually put Paul Pogba out there too. So, but even old Gun- old Gunner was like, ah, we may have played him a little bit too early, and when then we needed to. Because even he was just like, man, yeah. it's a, it was an interesting fifty. I mean, nil nil draw, man. I mean, the possession was fifty fifty. It was like fifty fifty. The passing was legit the same amount. Like, um, I mean, the only thing that was probably a little bit like was the offsides. Lo- the offsides. Offsides. Well, man, man, you had two, and Chelsea. I didn't think I have any. Yeah, that's still pretty close. So it was. It was like offside that's, traps, that's, man. That's still pretty close, though. I mean, just two offside getting caught offside twice. Not necessarily the the worst thing to happen. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, also the fact that Man U outshot Chelsea fourteen to six. So I mean, it looked like at least Man U went for it for a lot. I mean, obviously, if you take fourteen shots and you're going for it, I'm just you just didn't get it in the back of the net. That's the only issue. Yeah. But um, I mean, I feel like that's something you want to see for your team is that they're being the aggressor. They're pushing. They're making the presses. They're put. They're pushing up. Um, unfortunately, just Chelsea has that discipline defensively, um, and. Unfortunately, they just didn't score a goal. But you also know what's cool, though, is um, you basically had like Spain's future and Spain's present kind of battling it out in the goalkeeping. Yeah, and they, and they had a stalemate. Yeah. So, but all right. So when I saw this, I personally feel like 
even though it was a draw, that there was still a distinct winner and a loser. And, and for me, um, I don't know for you, but I feel like in a way Manchester United won this game. And, and the reason why is clearly they're, they're taking shots. They're being aggressive. They're pushing up. You know, that's what you want to see. Oh yeah, clearly. You, see, you want the effort. You yeah, see the effort. You, you want to see the hustle. You want to see the shooting. The shooting. You can't just so. Hold on to so the for ball. me, I think it's they can. Cause, I mean, obviously, they kind of had like a stretch of games where they're not necessarily playing up to par. I mean, you just went toe to toe with Chelsea, a team that we're we're both seeing as a team that could yeah. compete for that that top spot in in the Premier League. Yep. And so for us, I mean, for Man U fans, I feel like they could take this. I mean, obviously, a draw is a draw. It sucks regardless. But I mean, like. We just took. Yeah, I think the mentality should be like, we just took. To, we just went toe to toe with a clearly good Chelsea team, and they couldn't score a goal on us. Yeah, I mean, especially especially after that Tottenham game. Oh, this is like a complete. Oh my god! It was. I like I told complete you. Complete upgrade. I told you that that this right now they found a rhythm that works for them, and I, I really want to say that. That the last match that they just had beforehand. So, so I, I personally feel like the momentum right now is on Man U's side. I think that they're they're coming up with their heads held up high. Maybe not all the players, but I'm saying like maybe the young the young guys. They're coming up with their heads held high. Like you know, we we had it. We we played today. Like you know, like that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like Man U can take this as a moral victory, even though I think. Moral victories is just not what you want to hear. <laughs> but in a draw like this, I think the moral victory definitely goes to, to Manchester United. Yeah, um, I agree. Like I said, I mean, I honestly thought, man, you played very, very well. It's just, I guess they couldn't finish. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. It's just the finishing. Like you said, the back the back line for Chelsea. Because I mean, um, on the other side, the Chelsea is just like, like, they couldn't do anything. I mean, six shots, that's the best they could do in this game is six shots, especially with what they had up top. And I get it, you know, you got Champions League. Both of these teams have Champions League. And, and I mean, you can even say something for Man U. They just came off of a win against PSG. Yeah. So, and I believe Chelsea drew with Sevilla. Do you think, do you think that could also be a contributing factor? Oh, it's always, gonna, Champions League is always going to be a factor, especially when you're, when you have to, not only when you're playing Champions League, but when you're going up, when you had to go up against, Arrival. A rival, a good team. You know, like I mean, you know, like Real Madrid with Shakhtar. That was kind of that's an embarrassment. That is, but like that's a game where you're like maybe you lower your laurels a little bit. You're like, you know, oh, we'll, we'll brush this team off because we got a big rivalry game. But then you're on Chelsea now. You're like, fuck, we got to play Sevilla, and then we got to play against Man U. Yeah. Yeah. And then the best you can do from both those games is only collect two points, two points combined from both those games. Yeah, pretty much. So Chelsea, Chelsea's kind of like, damn, we can't catch a break. Mm-mm. They really can't. Well, man, you was like, we just beat PSG, and we tied and we, and we just Chelsea. tied with Chelsea. I I feel like the heads are up right now at Man U. Old Gunner is probably not too scared about losing yeah, his job Gunner, right now. Old Gunner is probably like, I'm, I'm sitting pretty right now, man. Maybe a little bit further down the road when, when PSG gets their, their revenge. But I mean, like, that's going to be down the road. That's nothing to worry about right now. They're like, they're walking around like in Manchester, like Manchester's red, even though there's some like light blue still around there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. I just, I just know 
I feel like Manchester United is taking a better a turn for the better. As long as they keep the same momentum, as long as they keep the same belief that they they have right now. So, so you do take it as that this was more of a positive. Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah! I mean, it's a tie against Chelsea. It's not a loss. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think it, I think it is. And, and and like you said, I mean, Manchester United had more of the ball, more of the shooting. And honestly, I was seeing a couple of plays here and there, and I felt like Manchester United played the ball better. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I feel like when you're when you're looking back the day when you come back from practice, like when you come back the next day for for training, when you go and dissect the film, it's going to be a lot of praising on one and one film room than the other. And we, I think, we know which room is getting the praising, which is Manchester United. So, so there's that. All right. So my game is Napoli beating Benevito, Benevento, two to one. Um, Napoli was just clearly the superior team. Um, they had sixty-six percent of the possession of the game. They outshot uh, Benevento nineteen to nine. But the thing that I kind of obviously to have a two-one score is still you know good good props to Benevento, but the thing I want to highlight was the Insigne brothers. Uh, one plays for Napoli, the other one plays for Benevento. Both of them scored in this game. But, um, actually, uh, Benevento was the first team to score in this game, and then you know, well, Napoli did their thing and showing that they're Napoli. So I think it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch, and I mean. I think there's something cool whenever you have like a little sibling rivalry going on. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I even said that to Liz about our kids. Like, if if one of them decides to go to like Barca, the other one goes to Real Madrid, and they're both strikers and they're both really good, that'd be pretty badass. You know what would, I mean? Would you be that parent that has like the the, the split jersey? <sighs> Honestly, I would. Probably just take both. I'd wear something else, and I'd just take both jerseys. I don't think I'd be the one with the split jersey. Because I've noticed, well, maybe not in soccer, but I noticed in football, like whenever a parent has has two sons that are playing for opposing teams, uh, I think uh, the players I can think of right now, I, I don't know if they're still there because I know there's a Fuller in Chicago, and then there's a there was either there is or was a Fuller in Detroit. So they're you know. NFC, NFC North rivals. Uh, but then you had the mom wearing a Chicago slash Detroit jersey split half. And then obviously had Fuller on the Detroit side, had the number of, of her, her, the one kid and the other. So I thought it was really interesting. I, I just think it's interesting what how parents choose to like support mm-hmm. their kids. And I mean, if you have kids that both make it into the professional level of a game, obviously. <laughs> That, great genes, <laughs> great genes, or just great work ethic. <laughs> I mean, hey, it is what it is. But no, you're right, dude. Like, um, they both scored, which is it's pretty crazy. Exactly. And I mean, because you because you know, if you didn't score a goal in that game, you're gonna get. I mean, Insigne, uh, at least the Napoli Insigne, he's gonna get to talk all day because he won. You know, but I mean. The fact that they both score, the fact if he didn't score for Benevento, that that dude he would have all the bragging rights right now. So I mean, at least you know both of them scoring. You know he can say he drew first blood, but obviously the other one finished the game and got the win. So I mean, like you know, it's just pretty cool when you see like family. I I don't think you're ever going to see a father versus son 
Maybe Cristiano. <laughs> no, I had him doubt it. I had to doubt Cristiano's kid. It's ever going to oh, make it to win. God. Ronaldo's going to retire. There's no. That mean, I think Ronaldo will be playing like way, way deep into his forties before he would. He would have to have his kid when he was sixteen. Yeah, because I mean, what Cristiano had his first kid at like 23, 24? No, I don't think it was twenty three. Yeah, I think it's twenty six. No, because he that was like Cristiano uh, Jr. Yeah, uh, that was like. I mean, Lokashov is big, man. No, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was in Real Madrid when he did that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, don't you think that that was what? That was what? When did he join Real Madrid? Ronaldo? Mm hmm. Uh, after the 2010 World Cup, wasn't it? Mm hmm. Not, ex- not entirely sure. No, but, I mean, but I think he was like, um, well, he was 21, 22. The chances of a father and son ever playing against each other seems very highly unlikely. Unless if you're you're 16 years old and then you make it big, and then all of a sudden you ended up, you know, well, actually, now that I think about it, Phil Foden, he may actually do it because he was not 18, I think, 17 when he had his first. Okay, kid. so maybe maybe Phil Foden if if he can. I think because he's 19 right now, I think. Oh yeah. And okay. So his kids, I think, is like one or two. So he may actually, if he is, <laughs> if he lives up maybe, to, maybe maybe if he's like Iniesta, if he lives up to his potential, yeah, uh, if he's like Iniesta, where he still plays in like mm-hmm. China or something, and then next thing you know, his son comes up and like <laughs> comes and plays for like Man right. City. No pressure, Phil. We need the first ever father and son. Could, for all we know, for all we know, he could go play for a B division team, and then he's the one that gets. Uh, promoted Phil Foden's team, and then all of a sudden his son comes up and he's a young 16 year old hungry in Man City, and they go ahead and sub him out. Both <laughs> of them will be on the team that are on the field. That would be awesome. That, that would be pretty cool. Oh, God. All right, man. I'm excited so, now. So, we are actually adding another game to recap, and it is, of course, El Clasico. Uh, you know, I think my, I think I'm getting a phone call, so. So Real Madrid ends up beating Barcelona three to one. It's a very controversial game, I, uh, I, and, uh, but yeah, um, possession was fifty two to forty eight in favor of Barcelona. Real Madrid outshot Barcelona fifteen to ten. I would definitely say at the beginning, aside from Valverde's goal, it was very big on Barcelona having the the bulk of the opportunities, at least the good opportunities, in my opinion. Oh yeah, the hands down, dude. But oh. Um, but the fact that there's very there's two controversial calls, one that wasn't called and the, and one that was called, both possibly or shouldn't have been called penalties. The first one is obviously Lionel Messi getting a slide tackle. I believe the person that slid was I don't think it was Casamiero, but could have been Casamiero. Could have been Varan, I think. I think it was Varan, and I think yeah, you know what? I think it was Varan. Um, but anyways. Uh, Messi was, there was a slide tackle. The player did tackle with both his feet. Um, I saw that and I was like, shit, that's going to be a penalty. I knew it from the second I saw it. I was like, this should be a penalty. Nothing was called. Um, as a matter of fact, there was this giant jumble with the ball at that, that period. And then they finally send the ball out. Still looking for that penalty call. And nothing happened. They were waiting for the referee to get a call by the VAR. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. As, fa- as a matter of fact, they did a drop ball afterwards because they 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 had the they dead the ball uh, immediately after because they were trying to figure out whether or not that was a penalty or not. 
And VAR didn't even try to go to VAR. They just said, keep playing. So that was, that was already controversial as it is. It was funny too, because my brother was trying, my brother was trying to explain to my step, uh, to my brother-in-law how that was not a penalty. Cause he's like, Oh, he touched the ball. I was like, if he touched the ball, that's a very little it bit of ball. Very, it was a really small amount, bro. <laughs> Cause was, it, it was, it was, a, I, even I was saying I it was, was a penalty. Pissed. All right. The second controversial call, which was called a penalty off of a routine, like something that you normally do in, in a corner. You do get handsy. Yes, you, you, yeah. do, you do crack oh, people. Oh, my God. And Sergio Rom, like, I did lose. I, I lost some some respect. Not a lot, but I lost some respect for for Sergio Ramos. And the reason why was just because he would not shut up about it. Like, he kept asking for... It, it, it was frustrating just because I didn't think it was a penalty. And for the fact that the ref was standing there and then VAR was calling him and it was like, all right, check it out. And look, he watched the clip that he saw it over and over again. And for him to say that that was a penalty was ridiculous to me because I was like, no, that's not a penalty. Yes, he grabbed his shirt, but who doesn't do that in a corner kick? That's a routine. That Okay, it shouldn't be routine, but it's routine. Everybody does it. If that's the case, every corner kick, there's going to be a penalty. Yeah. If that If that's the mentality, then then you should be able to call that on every corner kick. Oh, he grabbed him. That's a penalty. That's if that's the mentality. But the thing, the issue with me was, you can't do this in a clásico. You can't do this in a clásico. And, and the reason why I say that is just because this game, that game is too huge. That game decide that those games decide championships. I slowly rolled my eyes right now because I was so pissed at me. Or are you talking about the, the no play? the game? Oh. Yeah, like the game itself. But anyways, the the VAR ends up saying that it was so kind of the joke I made a while back about about Real Madrid. Like sometimes they get help from the referees. I mean, I'm not blind, people. I'm not. What are you doing? What? Are you texting somebody? No. Are you recording me? No, I'm not recording you at all. Oh. Like, what the fuck? You, you, had, literally, like, you literally stopped your rant just because I was your, like... Your phone was pointed at a weird angle. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> Anyways, you can't let games like this, uh, like plays like moments like that, they can't be decided on El Clasico. That game is just too big for La Liga. And, and for that... And then the worst part of it all, they didn't even need that penalty. No. They did not even need that penalty. That's the, the worst part of it all for me. Was they didn't even need that penalty because then obviously Luka Modric comes in, scores a screamer that of a goal. A, that was a nice goal, but the outside of his foot, it was nice. I, I mean, mean I the, the other two goals were great. Valverde's goal, a thing of beauty. Ansu Fati, right place, right time, easy put in. The, all three of the good goals were great. That penalty, um, it, it 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 gives me like a, a a bad feeling after seeing that. Like this game is good. that was a good El Clasico. Like it was a fun El Clasico. If it was not for those terrible calls from the penalty, from the refs, yep, I agree. But uh, I mean, aside from that, I mean, like, I mean, Ramadri still won, so I guess I should be happy uh, about it. Um, especially after an embarrassing loss to Cadiz, and then an even more embarrassing loss to, to Shak, uh, Shakhtar, um, to end up winning a Clasico. And funny enough, they're 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 second in in the in La Liga. And I think Barcelona, what well, they tied to Fenerbahce. I can't say their name. I think in the, in the Champions League, I think they won. Or no, they won by one goal. Yeah, they won, won by one goal. And but they had that embarrassing loss. 
But and so like you know, for people that are like, oh, are you going to use Champions League as excuse? Not really, because I mean, you know, like I think Shakhtar is is one of those games where like, oh, this is not necessarily a difficult matchup, so we should be able to win this game. And they didn't do it. And then the same thing with Barcelona. It's like this isn't really a difficult matchup. We could probably ease up on it. And you know, they probably did, and they still won. Kind of luck. What you expect them to do is win those games. But obviously, you're saving up for a Clásico. And not only that now, but Barcelona also has a big game against Juventus, which uh, doesn't seem that big now, especially now with, without Cristiano Ronaldo. But we're still talking about Juventus. But then again, last time we saw uh, Barcelona versus Juventus that was without a, Cristiano Ronaldo, they were getting hammered. That was uh, a destruction. Dybala, that was actually Dybala. the last Champions League Last Champions League title, correct for Barcelona, is that wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I don't even remember the game. Like Juventus. that was how bad it was. I just remember like no, it, Juventus was the one that was doing all the damage. I think it ended up in three one. If I'm not mistaken, no, Barcelona won that game. No, no, they didn't. Barcelona, no. Remember, Juventus was the one that took him out. This was like a few years back. The last time they met in 2015. I think so. No, Barcelona won three one, three to one in the final. Really? Oh, in the final? I thought you meant like uh, maybe like a Champions League ago or two. No, I was talking or... about in, in, in twenty fifteen Champions. League. Oh, okay. Wasn't no, no, that no. the last time they met? No, I, I could have sworn they they met even sooner than that. It was before Ronaldo went to Juventus, but um, I want to say let me see because I was in, uh, I was thinking about Andrea Pirlo's last game. Oh, see, no, you were thinking about somebody else. I was thinking about 2015, the, the year they Barcelona won the Champions League. No, but it was in, I think it was in 2017 that they faced off. Did they? Yeah. Either 2017 or 2016. It was recent. I don't think they played. Yeah, it was uh, back in April, 2017. He went to 1-3-0 in the quarterfinal. And then remember, and then that's when uh, Dybala was like he scored two goals and Chiellini scored one. Okay, all right. And then then the 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 final score was three zero because then they tied zero zero at the other at the second leg, and then uh, that's where Juventus progressed ahead. Okay. So yeah. All right, but yeah. Anyways, so Barcelona has a big game against Juventus. Um, could bode well for them since they don't have Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, it's still Juventus, so you know, don't take compliance. Yeah, I mean, don't fuck, don't fuck, and especially with that young kid up front. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think he's from Russia. Yeah, I do believe they also have Weston McKinney back because he did clear from COVID. Yeah. So, so and, then, and then Dybala's slowly been coming in as a sub. He hasn't really been starting, but now that this, he's feel, this could be. Yeah. Now that he's now that he's feeling it. I mean, sure, you never know. But yeah. All right, man. So that that was the game recaps. Um, all right, man. So let's go ahead and get to our interview with Andrew from Kicking It With Drew SC. All right. Let's see what he has to say. All right, man. So with me is Andrew from Kicking It With Drew SC. So first of all, thanks for, for being here. Anytime, man. Anytime. All right, man. So, I mean, obviously, well, well I know who you are, but uh, 
exactly what got you into soccer? So, I mean, obviously you're Latino. I mean, both Latinos is usually soccer is like our main sport. But what what essentially got you into soccer? Um, uh, well, like you said, I'm Latino. So, you know, my, my grandfather was like a big soccer coach, youth, youth soccer coach back in Jersey when I grew up. So I was always playing soccer when I was young. Uh, I kind of fell out of, out of soccer, um, when I got like into high school. And then after I graduated, I started watching the World Cup. Uh, the, 20, the 2010 World Cup actually is what got me back into soccer and I fell in love. And then ever since then, I've been like obsessed with, uh, soccer everywhere. That's actually a pretty good World Cup to watch, though. Thanks, yeah. All right. Uh, so what kind of got you to fall off from it? I mean, just out of curiosity. Like what got me to fall in love with the sport? Well, just what got you to fall out? Oh, fall out? Uh, I'm just rebellious teenage years, you know. Um, it was almost like my, my parents wanted me to play soccer. I was just like, you know, I don't want to play right now. And then I kind of, they just stopped pushing me to go, and I just didn't go anymore. I regret it. But, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for that. I like to use that as my excuse as to why I didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I could have been pro, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's always my excuse, I like the role with. Um, yeah. But so the 2010 World Cup. So what was it in that World Cup that that got you like, like holy shit, man, this game's awesome. Uh, well, I was watching USA, and then you know, they got. I watched the first game I watched for them was um, the Algeria game, where they won like you know, like last minute of the game or something like that. Like they got the, the last goal and then like they finally advanced the group to the knockout stages. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like this sport's good. Like why did I stop watching this sport? And then I started watching Spain's game. I just like, you know, they played really beautifully back then. You know, they were like unstoppable, the possession, the way they played. Um, and I was like really like intrigued and like fascinated with like all these different players coming up that I'd never even heard of, but they're like, they're so popular. I was like, what? why am I so out of the loop right now? And it's almost like I had FOMO. Like I was like, I need to find out why I I fell out of love with this game because it's like so good. No, yeah, for sure, man. But I mean, that whole US run. I mean, you have that that lucky goal that happened in the England USA game. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Just the fact that we were playing against England in the same group that year. I know that was that was like that was a that was a big deal for us. You know. No, yeah, totally. So. uh so how did you end up finding the MLS? Because uh, I know a lot of people don't necessarily like go to the MLS uh, for obvious reasons, but what got you into the MLS? Yeah, I got into the MLS because, um, actually because of the game FIFA. Um, I was playing that after the World Cup. I was obsessed. And I was like, you know, let me just play this game. And then I looked at the American League. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I, I know this. this is the MLS. Like I was familiar with it because of, you know, playing soccer when I was younger. It still had that same, like, that logo with the foot and the soccer ball back then pretty iconic. And, um, yeah yeah so then um i was just like you know playing career modes with that with some mls teams uh back then freddie adu actually was in the philadelphia union and that was like my like local team for my friends and i was like that's pretty cool freddie adu but by then he was kind of a, a flop too so yeah but just freddie, fifa yeah just fifa got me into it really yeah the exposure freddie, to it. freddie adu is definitely a name that I constantly forget all about because I remember all the hype that, uh, what was he, like 16 years old playing for DC United. Yeah, it's like 15 or no, he was actually He was actually 14 years old when he signed his first pro professional contract. And he was the youngest yeah. player to ever, youngest, youngest person to ever sign a professional contract, which is crazy in any sport. That's true. Okay, yeah, now, now I remember everything. But I remember he started out with DC United. Um, yeah, he was doing good for DC. Yeah, I remember just like, 
I feel like that was the first time I actually saw like coverage, at least as far as I remember, of like here in the U.S. of like so- like the MLS. So I yeah. thought that, that was really cool to see that. So, so yeah, yeah they were hyping them up big. And I, well, I mean, clearly you said you're a Philadelphia Union fan. Um, so who who who, who are your clubs? If you want to go ahead and just throw it out there. Yeah, you know, uh, for MLS, it's the union mostly. Um, for the world, like, I feel like every soccer, American soccer fan has, like, their MLS team. And they have, like, teams they support everywhere else, which is, that's good. That's fine. Um, I, I supported Barcelona for a long time. I still do, but they're just going through a big rub. But I still support them. That's that's my, my go-to team. My, uh, my best friend, Edward, he's, well, I mean, obviously, you know, he's a Barcelona fan, but. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of going through it right now too. Yeah, you're just feeling like the misery, you know. The other clubs are feeling like it's been a long time since Barcelona has felt misery like that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Barca, Philadelphia Union, Barca, and for like you know the Premier League, um, I was getting into Liverpool, but after they won the title, I was like, ah, like let me pick somebody else. <laughs> Another you not be a bandwagon, or is that? Yeah, I was like, you know, I bought like a jersey. I bought like a nice sweater from them. That was before. That's when they sucked. Mm-hmm. And then after, I was like, ah, never mind. <laughs> the fashion's gone. Yeah. So mostly Barca and mostly the Union. Okay. All right. So um, obviously, how you came to be, well, the reason why I got you over here is obviously because you do have a very, at least in my opinion, a successful YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so what got you, well, first of all, what got you into YouTube before we talk about your, your, your channel itself? Yeah, I actually got into YouTube, funny story, like four years ago, I got fired from my one job and I was like, oh man, that sucks. Uh, so then I just was looking for jobs and it was so hard to find a job. So I was at home playing FIFA and just watching videos and I started to find videos of, of FIFA YouTubers and really, I was watching that stuff. And I was like, you know what, I, I could do that. I was like, I could record uh, videos on YouTube. Like, that'd be so cool to just like record and talk about something. So when I start, opened my YouTube channel, I was actually, <laughs> my first video ever was actually a, a Pokemon game, which I have locked. I didn't delete it. It's still locked. It's private, so nobody can see that except me. But it was my so, first so ever which Pokemon, Pokemon game. Was it? Uh, it was like a, like a ROM hack. It was like a hack Pokemon game. And then oh, like, okay. I was just keep playing it. It was only for like four four episodes I did and then I was like ah that's stupid and then I um hey man you can never go wrong with Pokemon man I mean at least at least least I think guys around our age I think you you can't go wrong with the Pokemon yeah we love Pokemon that's that's what's up (laughs) but uh then I was like you know what I'm not feeling it you know it's not in my heart so I was like you know let me just like talk about I was watching Base Motel I was like you know let me talk about Base Motel Um, so I did some videos on that (laughs) yeah and I was like this is so good and then um that was like I was like, I, I just not in this. So I was like dormant for a couple months and I was like watching soccer and I was talking to friends at my new job at, about soccer. And I was like, hey, like, I just want to like, like, let's just talk about soccer. And they're like, oh, bro, that's not even a sport. Or that's stupid or all that, that dumb stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I bet there's, there's people out there who like soccer. There's got to be people out there who also like American soccer. I was like, let me just talk about that because that's like, I'm passionate about trying to grow soccer. At, like the respect for soccer in America, you know? Like that's, and that's what caused me to bring my channel. I was like, I don't really see a lot of people talking about American soccer on YouTube. So I was like, let me just try and do that and see where it takes me. And that's okay. the history of kicking it with Drew. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I think as far as YouTube, it's all about trial and error, seeing what works for you and what doesn't. So have you, yeah. obviously, you've, you've figured out that like soccer and MLS kind of 
kind of came to be your, I guess your your niche came came from that. So yeah. um, so obviously it was to spread the word of U.S. soccer and MLS. Um, did did you did you ever think it was gonna make it to where I believe now you're you're almost at at two thousand followers, Burke? Yeah, yeah, almost at two thousand. Like in hindsight, it's really not a lot, but for like an American soccer YouTuber, I feel like that's a lot. Like there's not many American soccer YouTubers out there. Um, and but now now there is. I feel like I see a couple more going around, popping up and stuff, which is great. Um, but no, when I started, I was like, you know, no one's gonna even like listen to my video. So like, who cares? So after a while, I got like a little depressed, so like you know, unmotivated. So I made this one video about potential MLS teams, and I was like, I messed up a couple times during like writing the script and reading it. I was like, who cares? Like no one's gonna watch it anyway. Who cares? And then flash forward to like three years later and that's my number one video. It's got like almost like a hundred thousand views. And I was like, of course this video has the most views. The video that I didn't even care about. <laughs> the one with the fewest amount of effort you put into it. Yeah, I was like, oh, of course now people are not going to subscribe because they think I'm a loser. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously it's just finding out what, what kind of works for you. I know you've done, you've done like potential teams. I know you've also, I think you recently just did players that could, MLS players that could be going uh, to Europe. Yep. Um, which uh, you that was a, I actually got to watch that. It was actually a really good video. Um, Thanks, man. Actually, funny enough, me and my best friend before we before this video even came to be, we both kept saying that Jordan Morris is, has to go to Europe at some point. He's got to go, bro. He's <laughs> got to go. He's he's his birthday is actually today. He's twenty six, so like this is his prime time. Like, or he's gonna hit his prime. He's he's, he's got to go. Yeah, it's just so wild to think about that, especially with. All the hype that came from Jordan Mars because obviously he was playing in Stafford and getting called up with the U.S. men's national team while he's playing with Stafford. Yeah. I don't know how NCAA works with guys that are getting called up by national teams, but I don't necessarily think it's easy. Um, no, I mean, he, he definitely had to make it had to make it some sort of impact for him to be called up like that. No, totally. So um, for you, what do you think is like the current state of the MLS? If you were to like be able to explain it for for, for people that are just listening right now. Uh, the current state of MLS, I think, it's still in the transition, still in a growing phase. We're not at full potential. We're not at like, you know, Premier League or even La Liga level. Um, there's, we still got a couple years to go for that. You know, the league is very young still. If you compare it to leagues like the Premier League or La Liga, those have been around for like hundreds of years, you know, like 100 years or whatever, give or take. Um, so we're what, like 20 to 30 years? That's it. So we, we got a lot of learning to do in terms of how we are going to manage and work soccer around here in America. We have a lot of um, stability still to bring to the league. I feel like the league is still very, it's trying to grow. And then it's content for a while. Then it wants to grow and expand more. Um, we bring old players. We bring young players. We bring like middle-aged players. Like we don't know what our league is yet, I feel like. I feel like it has a reputation slightly that it's still a retirement league for some people out there. Which is kind of annoying. I feel like we're shying away more from that. It's not. I don't see it as a retirement league anymore. I used to, to be honest. But uh, I, definitely, players like I definitely, I get, I get what you're saying with that. I mean, it doesn't help when you have guys like Wayne Rooney and, and other. I mean, that then, I mean, some yeah, people like, thought that he was probably out the door. I think he's kind of proving us wrong right now in Milan. But uh, but you're seeing more and more of these guys that are kind of near the tail end of their careers coming into the MLS. And that's kind of been the theme. And that, that, came, that kind of became the joke around the MLS was that this is a retirement league. But I mean, people that actually follow the MLS, like, I mean, I, I do follow the MLS. Unlike, unlike Edward, who's the, who I like to call as a Euro snob. Um, 
uh, for me, like the thing that I've noticed is not so much anymore just seeing these guys, these older end players from Europe coming in. Now you're seeing uh, them, you know, snatching guys from Liga MX. You're seeing them bring in some young players from Argentina and, and South America, all throughout South America. And I mean, yeah. yeah, I just don't think that that's something being noted. I mean, obviously, just the MLS just doesn't get that exposure as as an EPL would, even in the U.S. of all things. But um, I think if you're seeing you're seeing the growth and you're seeing the game has changed, it, it, some people think that the game isn't necessarily as fast. But I mean, if you're if you're watching the game and seeing how it's evolved from the beginning, I mean, you definitely think that, that at least it's it's elevating. The game is elevated here in the MLS. Definitely, definitely. I think yeah, like our 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 players, the way they play, the way that we we develop players is definitely uh, like improved over the last ten years. So like we're making we're making progress, but we're not fully there yet as like a dominant or a top league in the world. But we'll get there eventually. I really do believe that we will be uh, a league that players want to come and play in. I I, I completely agree. Now, for obviously, like the Euro snobs, like like Edward, uh, what do you think is that reason why people don't watch the MLS? Um, I think you mean in the USA or just like soccer fans around the world. I would say just the. I mean, obviously, you want your home market being the the main, <clears throat> main the main view. But I think that there, I, I feel like there is a little bit of people outside of the US that do watch the MLS. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I see people out there. I don't necessarily think that, I mean, I'm sure they see the game for what it is, but obviously just people in our, our own home market, what is it that, that makes them not watch the MLS? In our home market, um, it, it's definitely the the competitiveness of other, like, of going against other sports in America, like football, the, obviously the biggest one, um, even baseball and basketball. Um, I think that's the reason probably why people don't, really watch MLS or like they're too busy watching those like those three leagues come first for common sports fans in America those two those three sports leagues come first before they come to watch soccer and like doesn't doesn't even have to be MLS it has to be just soccer um but I think the problem we have with the way we see soccer is the reason why we're not, not getting the views in America as we should like we watch like we grew up playing soccer and then it, it's almost like Routine. All these, you know, these kids and these soccer moms. They bring their kids to soccer, and then after they get older into high school, they'll play something else, and then kind of forget about soccer or lose respect for soccer. And then when they get older, they won't even watch soccer because they're watching too busy either playing pro one of these in one of these other sports or just watching these other professional sports. You know? Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, I think um, I think Sultan really hit it when he was talking about how he had to have his kids sign up into the youth academies and he had to spend almost, I think, $2,000 on each of them just for them to be in the academy. Oh, and yeah, it's terrible. When he was able to, when he spoke like that, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people may take a lot negative from Batan's time here in the MLS, but I think he did, uh, I mean, the fact that he's very vocal, vocal, not vocal, I don't know what I'm going here, verbal of what he, <laughs> and, you know, he's very vocal about his thing, uh, the way he goes. And I think him kind of, Speaking his mind on how the MLS is run, maybe yes, it goes against the grain for a lot of the MLS lovers. But I think it was it was like that tough love that the MLS needs to hear because I think that there is some change that needs to happen with the MLS at least to uh, make the product better. And and I mean I mean the goal of, of all home leagues should be is to develop uh, home talent. 
Um, and I think that just that youth, the youth academy issue alone has been something that I, I personally have had problems with. But um, I think it, it's it's good to hear a player like Zaldan to speak his mind on it and it kind of just put it out there. Because I mean, I think a lot of people... Yeah, like, like almost calling them out like that. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think that that was good for him. I think to like expose, like almost expose them and put put and put exposure about like what what really happens at the youth level here for American soccer. So I mean, basically, I just already told you what personally I would change in the MLS would be the youth academy system. But what's something yeah. that you would personally change in the uh, in the whole MLS scheme? It's a lot. Like just for MLS, I would change um, the conferences. Um, I would love to see it like a promotion relegation for each conference. Um, that's like a big, big topic. You know, promotion relegation is probably the biggest talked about topic when you talk about the MLS league. Um, so like just briefly touching on that, I would have promotion relegation for each separate conference. And then, you know, the winner of each conference would play against each other and win the MLS cup. Um, I would get rid of like the playoffs because I just feel like you know, I know it's so Americanized to see a playoff format in a sports game, but for soccer, I feel like it doesn't really work out as much, or doesn't it just it doesn't fit well with me at least. Um, I hate that like you could be top of the table in your Eastern Conference, and then here comes like a team like I don't know, to DC United, who have been sucky all year this season, and they are just barely made the playoffs, and then they get a lucky run, and then they win the whole MLS Cup. I was like, all right, they're MLS Cup champions, but actually we're just like in last place all season, you know? Like, yeah, I feel like just stumbling their way into the. Into yeah, the I'm like, that's so dumb. Like, how can you be MLS champions? And then you go and play CONCACAF Champions League, and then you get annihilated because your team is really not as good as like LAFC or Toronto FC, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that's it's what so, I would It's so crazy to me when you have, the, well, I mean, obviously this year we'll not, we won't have a supporter shield, but. Uh, but in the previous years, whenever we have a team win the supporters shield, like LAFC, I thought last year was to me was the scariest team I ever seen. I mean, definitely. And for them to not even even make the, the final was kind of baffling to me. And, and I mean, they won the support, and it seems like it's kind of like a hex to have like the supporters shield. Like you don't even want to win that thing. Um, exactly. Like who cares? Like and actually, just like even extra games. Too. Like you did, you went all season. You got to the top of the table. Guess what? Now we gotta do like six. To eight more games for the playoffs, you know, just to prove that you were the best team that year. Yeah, like here are some teams you already beat all year. Try to beat them again in more in a more competitive format, almost like for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I can I can see what you're saying there. I mean, when um, so last last episode we we actually me and Edward decided to partner up and try to change the like have our proposal for changing the MLS. And one of the things that I threw out was kind of copying Liga MX, which was having like an opening and closing season, um, kind of having like that. But mine wasn't having like the Eastern and Western Conference. I personally don't, I can care less for that. But yeah. it's just because I, obviously I want to start, I want to see promotion relegations. So I mean, it will also benefit once we have lower leagues in this, in the, in this league at some point. Um, but I thought having that Liga MX, you still have the, the table setting but then at the same time, you have that thrill of playoffs. So I think the Liga MX format, the reason why I like it, I think a lot of people, at least here in the U.S., are familiar with that format. Because if you yeah. if you live in North America, most likely you do watch at least some Mexican league soccer. Um, mm-hmm. So you're already familiar with the format. 
And then the playoffs, I mean, it's still something that as an American fan, just American in general, you, you're familiar with the playoffs. Um, so you have like something that kind of pleases the soccer fan, but then at the same time, you can kind of have something where a, a person that doesn't watch the MLS or just doesn't watch soccer can kind of get in and, and understand some sort of concept. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a good idea. I like that. That's a good idea, man. Then like, you like, like you said, you like appease to soccer fans and also just comments, regular sports fans from all, from all other sports. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand it. So what is something to be excited about the MLS? I mean, obviously 2020 has been just a crazy year and, and it's kind of been kind of hard to follow all this unless you are an MLS fan. Um, but exactly. what is something at least to be excited about in the future? I know obviously, well, unfortunately for, for you as a Philadelphia Union fan, you might be losing uh, Brandon Harrison, but, um, but what is there something, to, what is there to be excited about for the MLS? Like you said, Brandon Harrison, the, the thing we're excited about, the elite dice that I think we should all be excited about is, um, our youth, our youth players, like players who are getting, you know, regular starting 11 lineup, uh, starting games, um, players who are coming up through the academies for making an impact for their team, um, and then getting bought from other big teams from Europe. Like, like you said, Brendan Aronson, a player who was improving really good last, last season. He did really good. And then this season, he kind of just blew up, got, you know, got the recognition that he deserves. Um, there's a lot more players coming up that I think, like I said in my last video, deserve to really be getting the transfer over to Europe. Like I think that our youth players are really is what's going to be like like a, a selling point for our, our league right now while we're in this like growing phase. I think we can like market these young these young players coming up. We can get them hype. We can get some good hype behind them, and if they get transferred, even more hype. Like like oh my god, Barcelona just bought this guy from. DC United, here we, like, this is great. Like, we produce this player, like, that's just better exposure for us to just, not just America, but also the rest of the world. And they can take us more seriously. I think, I think it's, I think I, I completely agree with that because, I mean, obviously you want to, if we can't be at least, at least in the, in the discussion for being the top league, let's be at least one of the best league in, in farming a lot of young players. Yeah, like producing talent, like good talent. I mean, Bayern Munich basically has been like plucking off FC Dallas for years now. What it feels like, um, yeah. And, and I mean, we've we've seen, and I mean, it's it's really cool seeing all these guys that have played in, well, have been affiliated with MLS. I'm not gonna say that all of them have played for MLS, but have some sort of affiliation with MLS, and now are in in the top tier in some of these European leagues. Obviously, Weston McKennie, FC Dallas product, uh, now playing mm -hmm. for you, the first American to play for Juventus. Um, you know, see, you're seeing more and more of these guys proving it. I, I, I like, you know, I, I love the theory that people were saying, like, oh man, if you put an MLS player out there in Europe, they wouldn't make it. And most of these guys are, are in the starting lineups, which I was, yeah, I was surprised to see that for Weston McKinney. Not saying that I'm surprised, but I, I know he's a good player, but as stacked that, as that Juventus team is, and for him to be a regular. That he's starting, that's great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very, it's very like, like, yeah, it's very surprising. Like, we expect it, but we didn't think it ever going to happen, especially for a team like that, like the top, the biggest team in Italy. And, and just, this, I mean, obviously, you're, uh, aside from MLS, you're also a big U.S. soccer uh, proponent, I guess you can say. Um, and, and now seeing all these American players that are playing with some of the top, I mean, we just saw Sergino Des playing El Clasico, and I think had a yeah. really good game. Yeah, um, in El despite the loss, he, he, he played great, yeah. And so, 
Um, I mean, you're seeing all these. You still have Conrad De La Fuente that you're hoping maybe, maybe he'll 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 play at some. I'm, I feel like he needs to go on loan personally, just so he can get some more reps in. But you're seeing guys play for Barcelona. You're seeing guys play for Juventus. You got Christian Pulisic being the number ten for Chelsea. Um, you're you're seeing a lot of American players now getting these big opportunities with these top of the line clubs. I mean, you have Pep Guardiola wanting Zach Steffens. I mean. It looks like America yeah. is on the right track, at least. Uh, I'm not as confident in Fair Perlhalter, but I think I think at least we have the talent. Yeah, I think for the November, um, the the roster in November that we're gonna do like some friendlies, I think against Wales and some other teams. I think that, it, like, I don't know if it's a real FIFA calendar. International Day, friendly or whatever, so that we can call up our Europe-based players as well. I think that friendly should really be, or probably will be, mostly European, you know, USA soccer players, and then some here or there MLS players picked in there uh, from our from our own league. But yeah, our national team is looking really good for the future. Not like right away, but for the future, it's looking really, really good. And going back to Conrad De La Fuente at Barca. The, um, I've heard and seen that they kind of want him to, um, or they're kind of transitioning him to be like a left back instead of being left wing, since they need more help at the back and defensive. So I think having him become like a left a left back player, and if he succeeds there, that could be like really cool to see Des on the right, then Conrad on the left. No, I think that, that that's obviously a smart move for them. I think that 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 well that that helps us out because I do think that. Uh, fullback is not necessarily one of the more stacked positions, <laughs> if, yeah. if you get with me. Um, but no, yeah, I think I think USA is trending in the right direction. I think MLS, if, if they can if they can really get things going, I think personally I want to see a salary cap being removed because <laughs> um, yeah. I think that that's also something that's kind of hindering the MLS. But I think you know the MLS is still growing and still learning how to really form their league. And I mean a lot of these. A lot of these other leagues, they're kind of like already hitting their hundred year century, you know, their hundred year marks. So I mean, like, they, you know, they're they've been established for years, and and I mean, we're we're barely twenty five, um, so we're still making poor decisions. So I mean, that's kind of what the MLS is, you know, MLS is basically, uh, you know, a, a, one of us because we're still kind of learning yeah. how, like those. Um, so I think it's really cool to see that, and I mean, it's 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 exciting to see just U.S. just soccer as a whole. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of things just to be excited about it, and, and as yeah. far as U.S. soccer goes. Yeah, like, uh, it's it's up and coming. It, this is what we all have been waiting for, to see, like, some good talent from us, some youth talent, and, like, actually good plan, like, a, a good, I don't know, like a good system plan. Like, and, like we have with all these young players, potential for the 20, 2022 World Cup success, and then even further to the 2026 World Cup. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah, totally. All right, man. So we're going to have to start cutting it because uh, we're almost at that time. But thanks for, for one, giving us time to, to talk to you, man. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have having this opportunity. Um, anytime. Cool. You're a friend of the show. So, I mean, anytime you want to get on, just let us know and we'll have no problem. Uh, hopefully, we can get Edward also in, in these interviews as well. Um, but yeah, also, that's cool. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, man. Um, is, so go ahead and let everybody know um, how they can follow you or reach you. You guys can subscribe to me at Kicking It With Drew SC on YouTube. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Drew B underscore. All right, man. So 
thank you. Thank you for us kicking it with Drew today. So thanks for so much, That's man. That's right. All right. Yeah, anytime, man. All right, thanks. All right, guys. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Unhinged Sports Network. It is a growing brand with a variety of sports podcasts from all around the country. Unhinged is constantly playing shows on their website at unhingedsn.com. Go, go, go there and listen to us on Thursdays at 11 and stay there to listen for all the other great channel, uh, podcasts that they have there. Uh, check them out on once again on their website at unhingedsn.com. Also follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Yeah, uh, I would actually uh, listen to some of their podcasts too. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, man. I mean, th- honestly, they're all very entertaining. So, I mean, honestly, just check them out. I guarantee you that they're going to have something that you'll like to listen to. And then, I mean, we're on it, so must be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're up and coming. All right, man. So, let's get going with Player of the Week. All right. Let me start this one off because who else but Halan, Erling Halan. Okay. That's who I picked. He scored a goal, but I mean, the dude is a monster. I saw the runs he was making, bro. I swear. You like, know, I'm kind of surprised you didn't pick Robert Lewandowski, but but uh, Holland is just. Well, I mean, I mean, he's just a beast. I, I was gonna pick. Honestly, I was gonna pick Lewandowski because of his hat trick. He, he scored a hat trick. Uh, how many times do you often see that? But it's like Lewandowski's a monster, you know. But then you got. Erling Haaland, who's a young he's and so coming monster. He's just, Dude, he's so complete. He's, I think he's like six foot. He's six foot. And at 19, 20 years old. And the dude is, he has this crazy ass speed. Like, for, for someone at his height, like, to have that speed is just, it's deadly. I mean, he's, he's definitely going to put Norway on the map. I don't know if Norway's going to do anything with it, but I think that he's definitely going to put Norway I mean, on the map. We may have to look up some Norway's players. Maybe they're underrated as well. Oh, the God. Oh, God. Okay, no, see, now I got to change it up. But you're <laughs> right. I mean, Odegaard is good. Oh, He's wait, good. wait, wait. Can I, can I get that one more time? <clears throat> Odegaard is good. Not... I can't say anything. I didn't not, even mention... I didn't not, even mention Odegaard when I was talking about Real Madrid's in the midfield. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, is he even still in there? He's he's there. He's there. Oh, man. I believe he was injured, but but uh, I mean he has he has gotten a start with Real Madrid, so you know the future of Martin Odegaard still there. <laughs> Not according to FIFA, but anyways, <laughs> that was kind of a reference. That was my shitty my shitty accent came from. There was a YouTube video that this guy. On FIFA, decided to sim the career of Martin Odegaard. Just sim it too. And he went from, I believe, his original rating was sixty. It was like sixty-five. Sixty-five. It's like a sixty-nine. He, he got to seventy-four. I think seventy-four. That's, that's like at it was the like prime a of his career. At the prime of his career, he finished at seventy-four. And the funny thing was, uh, Kiko Casilla. No, oh, not, yeah. not Kiko Casilla. Uh, Fernando Pacheco. There you go, Fernando. Fernando Pacheco. Pacheco I believe he was even lower rated and finished at a 99. No, he finished at an 81. And it, no, it was well, he was in the 90s. Was he in the 90s? Yeah, he was either, either high like 80s or, or, or really 80, low. I was in the 89 on that same YouTube video. But I was like, wow. I was like, that's gotta... So, so I, I learned two things. One, don't try to get Martin Odegaard and two, go get Pacheco. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I learned that real quick about that one. Um, but... So, right. but who's your player of the week, though? My player of the week is Lucina Traore. 
from Ajax. Oh, all right. So, all right. so we, we we talked about that thirteen to nothing. Uh, I don't slaughter slaughter of Venlo. But this man scored five goals in that game. Oh yeah, dude. Honestly, which, which to be honest, like it, it's just crazy. That they, like honest, regardless, because honestly. The, the guy that scored one goal it still would have won that game because I mean obviously the other side didn't score a single but I believe in halftime it was three to nothing so in the second half this team just went off yeah on, on, it was so funny though because um, honestly um, even the I was watching it in I think it was in Univision in the Spanish sports recap and they were like they literally just put um just one single thing. They didn't even go like, oh, we're going to study one goal, one goal here. No, they were like, you know what? These were so many goals that we're just going to go boom, 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 boom. They just so kept going. Jump basically was like, was like, here, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, here, enjoy. And it was like goal after goal after goal. It wasn't even like, oh, we'll see how the play started and we'll see how it ended. No, they were like, screw the play. We're just going to go straight into the goals because it's a long time for us to process all this stuff. That's a lot of goals to analyze. Yeah, it, it, it was... It was it was crazy how many goals he scored. I I still I'm still in awe. That's actually this is la the slaughter of the year of, uh, this, of soccer. This is the biggest. Uh, we I don't think this is gonna be touched. We had the Liverpool upset. We had the Manchester upset. We had the Barcelona upset uh, with Bayern beating them bad. Yeah, and I mean, but this this, this was this, double digit lead. This, this was double digit. This is a bro. football score. Dude. That's a football score. Yeah. Yeah. That's either two touchdowns and a missed field goal. Yeah. Or a touchdown and... and three punts? Or three, three field goals? goals? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was bad. I mean, it's, it, it was bad. Dude, it was insane. I was Wait, like, what, no, it's two, it's two field goals. <laughs> two, yeah, my bad. I'm here thinking field goals are two points. Yeah. yeah. So, it, was, it, was, it was bad, but yeah, he's, he's a good player, dude. Like, I actually saw him and I was like, damn. It just, it just keeps telling you, man. Like, if... if if you're if you're a fan and you're like, man, I need a we need a our team you know what our team needs? We need a young player. We need a young, good player. Just insert the position and just young, good, insert position player. And go to Ajax. Because they have it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that legit is the farming team of the it's, world. It, it, Ajax is the vending machine for the world. Like they just need to yeah, like, like literally. You know what? Put, You're making me want to draw a comic and actually just put like actually make it like that or a picture where the vending machine is right there and you see like Barcelona, uh, Real Madrid. Have um, them like lined PSG, up. Everybody have, like, just lined some, up. Some guys already has up. like money and coming out of their pockets like a lot. And then you also have the ones that barely have money. You know kind of stuff. Of course, the big name teams, and then there you see the players' head like in there, and they're like trying to get there. And of course, maybe one banging the machine because one of the players got stuck, like that, <laughs> like, this is, like the chips. Yeah, I mean, that, hey, that gave me an idea. I'm gonna do that. I feel like the player that gets stuck is Talafahisco. Tala, Tala, Tala oh yeah, <laughs> the, the, the fullback. Yeah, I mean, shoot, <laughs> any any player right now. To, from that team right now is because I mean Tala Tala Francisco is like the one I've always heard like is linked to some team, but he t- just he I believe leaves. he's still with Ajax. Yeah, so <laughs> I haven't checked. I haven't checked to be honest with you. All right, we're... all right. Well, let me pull out my handy dandy sketchbook here. All right, and all right, this uh, game previews here. 
And um, I actually picked this one because um, we do have a lot of people who actually like the, both of these teams. Um, and this is Liga MX, so, you know, the Mexican League. And I think I took Hector by surprise there. Um, I picked uh, the games to watch is uh, Tigres versus America. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. But last year, the Houston Dynamo hosted both of these teams. Mm-hmm. One was in the CONCACAF Champions League and the other one was the League Cup. And both those games, I can guarantee you, was not a Dynamo home game. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it was another. It was just like another game for Tigres, and then it was just another game for America. Oh yeah, like yeah. the signages for for Tigres was there. The signages for America, and it was because the fans brought them in. Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. So looking back, I okay the Tigres game. Like we, I just knew we were gonna lose that game, but then with the America game, it actually went to penalties. So I, I, I you know, but no, these two teams really good teams. Yeah, like, we we said this. The last time we talked about as America. Much, as much as I don't like America, and the only reason why is because they keep winning and winning. And well, I mean, they're the most successful team in Mexico for well, a reason. Here, hear me out. Even I have friends who all they talk is trash when they win. And I'm like, come on, you're, you're going to ride were the you, coattails? Were you expecting America to like be humble winners? Honestly, yeah. You don't see, you know, I, I personally don't see like, well, I mean, you, Real Madrid fan, winning the La Liga and the Champions League and stuff and just holding it over my head for the rest of the year. Wait, are you a Chivas fan? No. Oh. No, no. I don't have I, any, thought, the, I thought the fact that I they were like have, throwing it over you was because you like Chivas or some shit. No. If anything, I think I'm linked more towards uh, right now, um, maybe Tigas, like Tigas. You're not really a fan of a. Of a I'm not. Guys. I'm not. It's just I see the players, and then I see how the play style. You know is. what Tigres is, and I mean honestly, I like how you know what you know, G- What Tigres does to me is just like, huh? They got them because you know Gignac, Then you have Vargas. Yeah, but Edu Vargas has been on such a slow, uh, super but, slow. But still, because I mean, now. I remember he was playing in Europe. In, in he was in playing. Italy. He was playing in um. Und- 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 in, no, he was playing in German. Germany. Yeah, he was either in Hoffenheim or in Schalke. I remember okay. that. But I just remember, I'm like, huh, they got him now. Yeah. Tigres has some money, man. Like, that's, what, money. that's what I'm kind of implying as well. Yeah, but they also they also have like Duenas. Like, they're, they got good players. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... No, um, no. Mexico, they develop their... their they, they have good youth development. Oh, yeah. No one can say anything less than that. Um, But, yeah, no, you're... But here's the thing, though. You're talking about the fourth and third place team playing against each other. Now, that may not be thrilling for some people, but... That may move, that's going to move tables. That's, that's going to move tables table. right there. Um, like standing. So but, so. like, this, this is crazy. And then Tigres has won four of the last five games of their last last game. So they've been on quite quite the form yeah. as of lately. And that the, the only game that was not a win was a draw. So they haven't lost in the last five games. Yeah. So they're coming off of hot form. Um, Tigres is so good to me. I, I just, they're so complete. They play well defensively. They have a solid goalkeeper. And, they, and their manager, Tuka, he, they doesn't, can, he doesn't take They can score shit. goals. They can defend. I, I look at that whole team in and out and it's just solid to me. Um, there's a reason why they're so, they're always in the conversation for the for the championship, um, and I mean America is still America. But when I look at this man, I'm like, 
America's been getting tested, man, uh, a lot. A lot of these, a lot and, of these and, teams and the are issue is that up. America's not that good defensively. They're just not. And this is a test. You're going up against a solid, complete team. America has good goal scorers. I'm not taking that away from them, but the defense is what's going to kill them in this game because with Tigres can exploit that defense, and they can also they can hold they can hold them to almost no goals. They could almost they could probably shut them out. This is going to separate. That's going to Tigres is going to jump over them if if they're able to do what they're what we all think they're going to do. Because I just think Tigres is clearly the better team than America right now. Oh yeah. I'm surprised they're in third place, to be honest. Like, the, how many goals America has given up this year? This, well, this, this season is baffling to me. And they're still in that top, in the top three. It's just, wow, man. Like, they've just, just been really good at winning games, I guess. But I mean, like, but when, if you beat the teams you're supposed to beat, but the issue is now you have to go up against a team that, well, the odds don't look in your favor. I mean, can they win this game? Sure. Yeah. Any given day, you have a shot. But it's not looking likely, is what I'm saying. So for me, I, I got Tigres winning this game. I think Tigres is going to... It's just the superior team. They're just a, a class of their own versus America right now. America isn't right now... This isn't the best America I've seen. But this is... De- and this is definitely a really good Tigres team. Oh, yeah. They're... Um, están colocados. They're... They have their positions. They have what they need, they need to do. They basically know it already. It's like on the back of their hand. They already know what to do. It's on the back of their mind. If anything happens, it's already the same playing style over and over and over and over again. And they, they memorize it. It's like a playbook. Like they memorized everything. America, that's, I feel that's where they struggle. They don't do the same uh, plays. They want to try something else. And in the middle of the game, they want to try something different. Um, maybe that, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, other people see it differently, but I, I honestly think he just has the upper hand on this match. No, I agree. Completely agree. All right, man. So what's the next game? All right. The next game is, uh, okay. This one's a little shout out to Andrew from, uh, um, kicking it with Drew. Kicking it with Drew. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just, um, damn, do you? You did something today at work, huh? No, yeah, overworked myself, like always. I'm the jet lag one. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the overworked one. And I'm like, come on, dude. I thought today was Wednesday. No, yeah, for sure. Um, All right, so Columbus Crew versus Philadelphia Union. Yeah, Columbus Crew versus Philadelphia Union. And actually, uh, Philadelphia has won four out of the last five games. I mean, Philadelphia is looking good, man. I mean, they're they're on top of the Eastern Conference. And I even mentioned this to you. I was like, I can't, I can't even talk smack, you know, to Andrew because Philadelphia the Euros Euro knobs trying to start shit about MLS. Yeah, I know. And I was like, wow, <laughs> oh, Philadelphia Union's all right. You know, they're good. I can't, I can't, I can't pound them on that one. Um, but, but I mean, Columbus Crew is no no pushover though. Oh, that yeah. I mean, shoot. I mean, Columbus Crew. In just their meetings alone between Philadelphia Union and Columbus, Columbus has won three of the last five meetings. Okay. So, I mean, this is going to be a good game. Um, I feel like Columbus is maybe, you know what? Columbus looks complete to me, but there's something about Philadelphia in the last few seasons that has been like, you know, wow, this, they got something here on this team. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I highly doubt it's Alejandro Padilla. 
Um, I, I think that guy's overrated. <laughs> sorry, Andrew. Well, there you go. You could sorry, use sorry. him as an overrated. Sorry, Andrew. Alejandro Bedoya. Overrated as fuck. Um, but they do have Aaron Brandon. Uh, no, wait. Brandon Aronson, mm-hmm. the guy that's actually going to be going to uh, Red Bull Salzburg uh, pretty soon. So I'm sure that they're trying to, you know, this kid squeeze, squeeze as much gold as out of him. And that can. kid can play, man. Like I'm telling you, that kid can play. Um, and well, him with Jesse Marsh over at Salzburg, bro. I mean, personally, personally, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm going to choose Union just for the fact. That I'll back my boy Andrew, even though I don't even know. I, <laughs> I don't even know the guy, but I'm gonna be on his side. I'm gonna back him up. You know, represent. Um, so. You know, I know Columbus Crew is a really good team. Columbus Crew is really good. Solid. That's what I think. They're solid. They're solid. They're just solid. Like like Philadelphia Union has that that surprise, and they have that. I, right, I feel like right now everything's just pointing Philadelphia. Yeah, everything's pointing Philadelphia. I feel like Columbus Crew They're is informed. just solid. They're in form right now. They're looking great. I mean, they're number one in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, it's it's for a good reason. They're, but I'm I'm gonna take Columbus. Oh what? I think I, I changed think, it. I think Columbus. <clears throat> I think this is a good matchup, and I think Columbus knows Philadelphia really well. Andre, are you listening to this? So I'm I'm going with Columbus Crew, and weirdly enough. Uh, <laughs> Which is uh, Andrew is not a fan of Yassi Zardes, <laughs> and I think Yassi Zardes is going to do something in this game. Oh so. uh, shit! Yeah, so I'm I'm going with Columbus Crew. So yeah, that's who I got. Mm, all right, well anything can happen. Anything is possible. There you go. Yeah, anything can happen. This crazy ass sport, as we saw in the Champions League, as we saw in the league, and as we saw in the NBL, because like the MLS, the, the MLS season is almost over. Never going to playoffs, which I'm really excited about. Because um, I mean, we're going to be covering the MLS playoffs, obviously. Yeah. So hopefully, the Dynamo's there because the final is my birthday. So <laughs> I don't expect any kind of Dynamo. Oh, damn. Prove them wrong. Come on, guys. Step it up. Make me eat crow. Make me eat crow. <laughs> like, just, this, prove me wrong, Dynamo. Throw, throw Pat Jordan's face. Get fired, but still, prove me wrong, Dynamo. <laughs> this boy said, get fired, but prove me wrong. Well, I mean, the Dynamo can prove me wrong. Matt Jordan, you can't prove me wrong anymore. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're done. You're, get out. Get his last message, his he, last message to the team. Afuera. Prove this guy. Prove this guy wrong. Is Matt Jordan French to you? Or? I, I, I'm just trying to come up with a different voice than what I'm normally... I mean, I, I can't just be like, oh, man, you want to say, you know, prove him wrong. You know, no, I got to make it spicy. Gotta make it, I got to make it good. You know. My, uh, my uh, name uh, is Matt Jordan. Uh, 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 Matt Jordan. Unless you want to sound like this, you know, talk a little bit. Pretty pretty, I don't know. I think Matt Jordan, well, from what I've, Matt Jordan looks like the villain from Ant-Man. The, the bald guy? The guy that looks like Lex Luthor? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, how would I? And now prove this man wrong. No, no, no. Is that how he sounded? I, I don't know. I mean, he was the—he was a villainous. He had the villainous tone. Probably. Uh, I guess, so that's what I, I was trying I, I, to. I guess. You know what? You with the bony fingers. The other time I saw that guy, he was in um. Mr. Burns. That 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 huh. that, that, that Netflix show, the one about law, not not law, the government, uh, with Kevin Spacey. 
Uh, House of Cards. Oh, okay. He was in. He was in the first season of that. Oh. I I watched House of Cards for a while. I thought I was like, man, this show is fucking good. And then I was like, eh, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> I got really excited about it because I was like, man, this show is addicting. And then but for those of you who ever have fans of House of Cards, don't listen to him. Y'all keep watching it. It's if y'all that's y'all's liking. That's well, y'all's Kevin like, Spacey's no longer in House of Cards anymore. I, I'm just saying, if people still want to watch, let them watch it. Don't spoil it for me. Yeah, it's not that good. Yeah. Let's spoil right. it for them. All right. So spoiler. what's the what's the next game? And the last game is, and this is an EPL match. It's Manchester United versus Arsenal. That was actually pretty good. The the Battle of the Reds. Yes, bro. Like, yeah, uh, I mean it's, it's it's both our teams going up against each other. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll wear my Man U jersey. You know, I'll wear it. You know, right now. I'm not wearing Man U jersey. I'm I'm Good jersey uh, shirt. Yeah. I'm gonna well, try to watch it, but this weekend I'm going to Mississippi. Uh, spell Mississippi. M I S S I S I just tweeted Mississippi. I just like how you spelled it though, because like I wish I wish there was a camera in here to see that. Because honestly, like the way you were spelling M M I S S I, and then you kind of. Like literally went like just went into like deep deep trance <laughs> and then you know, like the, that's a raven moment when she like sees the no, no 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 but the thing is the thing is you your eye twitched it just it, your eyelid just went if people can if you can understand <laughs> that noise that I just made I swear to God his eyelid just like it looked like it was like I swear to God he's thinking so hard I can't believe that just happened oh I love this I love this. This was awesome. This was awesome. Ah, this is amazing. Clip of the week right here. Legit. Yeah, you didn't record it. Ah, I didn't record it, but I wish I did. <laughs> All right. Anyways, but yeah, I'll be going to Mississippi uh, this weekend because obviously part of my internship at Rice University, but uh, be on the road. But I will be definitely trying to watch that game because, well, it's, uh, it's Arsenal, obviously. But I definitely, like I said, when we were talking about the Manchester United-Chelsea game, the momentum's on Man U. I mean, they just came off of a big win against PSG. Uh, they just came off of, a, I think, a, a, for them, a win uh, and a draw against uh, Chelsea. And, and I mean, right now, everything looks good for, for, for Man U. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're in form. Therefore, this might actually be the little push that they are looking for against Arsenal. Because think about it, Arsenal. I mean, we've already talked about it without Ozil in the mid. It may I mean, be they're it also may coming be, off a loss to Leicester. Yeah, so I mean, it may be the push that Manchester United needs to, like, I guess you could say, find themselves, find their rhythm, and maybe give that, maybe give Gunner his his confidence. Yeah, but I mean, also that the last time they played Arsenal, won two to nothing. Yeah. So, so there, there's some, some. But little, was Ozil in that there? I don't believe he was. Um, because I the game that game I I believe Lacazette scored a goal, and then Jaka scored that really ugly outside the box shot. Oh yeah, I think we were talking about that. Yeah, because I remember we went to go play a pickup game, um, when we used to play with that with that church group. Yeah, and uh. <laughs> and that pickup game, 
and and uh, I'm making fun of you. And I remember uh, uh, wannabe's Latan. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was like, "You're because you're wearing a man you jersey." I think no, the, the cap. Yeah, you're wearing your man yeah. U cap, and he's like, "That team lost." And then he saw me wearing an Arsenal jersey. He's like, "His team won." <laughs> you were wearing the Bellerine jersey. No, that was my Lacazette jersey. What was it? Oh. Yeah, that's my Lacazette jersey. All right, but anyways, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's who do you got on this one? I'm gonna take Arsenal. I mean, obviously with my bias, but I feel, uh, obviously Mikel Arteta is gonna definitely wanna, uh, after all this drama that's been going on with Ozil, is definitely gonna wanna, you know, make sure that. You can prove people that, hey, man, there's a reason why I'm the manager of this club. And, you know, even though we did lose to Leicester, we're not going to lose to Manchester United. Uh, because if not, then he's going to get some pressure, especially if he doesn't play Ozil in this game. So if he doesn't play with Ozil, he's got to make sure he's winning because obviously he makes football decisions. He doesn't make, doesn't do things off of personal reasons. He has, he makes football decisions. So if he loses his game and Mizzou Ozil is not on his lineup, where, what was your football decision? I don't think, like I said, I already know. I already said what I thought and what's going on. So that's my reasoning right there. I already said it. Personal, petty reasons, and maybe it's his boss telling him to do that. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to completely agree. But like I said, if it is a football reason, yeah. well, we're, we're, about, we're about to see if, if he really does make football decisions. Let's go. All right, man. So let's go ahead and wrap this up with some would you rather's. All right, let's, let's see what you got here. All right, man. Would you rather have no candy on Halloween or no turkey on Thanksgiving? No turkey on Thanksgiving. Kind of like elaborate. Elaborate. <laughs> um. Well, I like turkey ham. Not big on the turkey. Too dry sometimes. Sometimes it's good, juicy. Um, I think it's also the but, fact that you and me don't eat turkey on Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, I my mom makes it and stuff, but she'll make like chicken for me. Oh, really? Yeah, she'll make me a whole chicken. Wait, and you I'll guys? Eat. Okay, so for people to have context, we're Salvadorian. I mean, I don't oh, just yeah. in case people don't. So, we talked about this on the first episode. Yeah, but just in case some people didn't hear. Um, so in El Salvador for Thanksgiving, at least as far as I know, my family, we, we do this thing called horneado, which is just chicken stew, I guess is the word I want to use. Or is... It's like chicken with, if some people have a mole, but except it's not mole, it's like um, uh, some sort of, like you said, stew on top of it. Or yeah. like you, it's boiled in there. Well, anyway, so... It's pretty good. You can eat it, just the chicken itself with some rice or... You can put it in a in a in French bread by you know opening up the French bread and then you throw it, and then you put some beets and and some uh, that's, cilantro. That's, pan, that's panes, and that's called panes, which oh, which is what we oh. do in my family. I, I believe I think one time your mom made panes for Thanksgiving, she's, but that she's, can also, made, she's made panes before, and oh my god, I. But then them. your mom also makes tamales. Yeah, which is different from Mexican tamales. We we have the, the banana plant, the banana leaf. But anyways, but yeah, so I think for us, since we don't... That's why, that's why really I, do I, I don't do turkey. Like I said, I do turkey ham. I'll go ahead and do ground beef or ground turkey. I'll go ahead and cook it. I don't mind. 
but I just cannot do like the turkey meat is too dry for me. No, I get that. All right. Yeah. Me, I'm, I'm also with turkey since I just, I don't normally have turkey for Thanksgiving anyways. All right, man. Lose the ability to lie or believe everything you're told. <laughs> believe everything I'm told? That's basically my everyday thing. You know, that's basically me right there. So, I mean, can I go ahead and switch it to the other one? Or wait, actually, hmm. Yeah, lose the ability to lie. I mean, because I mean, technically, I try not to do that. Okay. I mean, I I feel like I would rather be not being able to lie just because I don't want to be gullible. The thought of being gullible sounds pretty stupid. Welcome to my world, because that is me. So, you so, tell me something, I'll actually find it in my heart to believe you. Okay. Santa is real. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, know how you will die or know when you will die? That's a tough one. It could be like, uh, uh it's like, how will it's I like, die? It's like Final Destination if you know how you're going to die. Yeah, because you're going to try to avoid any place. What do they tell you? You slip on a pencil or a pen and you'll be like, oh, that's anywhere, really. Somebody could be just leaving. You're going to ban pens in your house? Yeah, there's <laughs> no more pens. We're going to write everything with pencil. I don't know why. I just remembered uh, uh, our pre-calculus teacher in high school. Uh, uh, Miss... I have Miss Williams, so I don't know who uh, you are. Uh, Miss Velez. Oh God, the Cuban. Yeah, this fast speaking lady. Oh, I remember. I just, I just remember every day she'd be like, "All right, everybody, take out your pencils." <laughs> <laughs> and, and the funny, I remember. Oh man, I I died laughing because there was this one day in class. Uh, I think there was some person that was trying to use a calculator, and then she went on this big rant. She was like, "When I was in Cuba, I didn't have no calculator, no computer." All I had was a piece of paper and a pencil. <laughs> I just remember trying so hard not to laugh. Because obviously she was dead serious when she was saying all this. Of course. And I'm trying so hard not to laugh. And it doesn't help that my the guy that I sat next with, my uh, one of my friends, this dude would just out of nowhere just scream, Castro, Castro. <laughs> it's uh, just like, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. No. But no. her accent was so thick. And she's teaching you pre-cal. And it was just like, it's already a difficult, uh, well, not really. Uh, math, I never really struggled with. But I mean, it's math, you're learning your formulas and all that. And you have a lady with a really thick accent who's speaking really fast. It, it's just a recipe for a disaster, you know? Yeah, especially with you learning, because you didn't learn anything. But all right, I choose. Um, I didn't learn anything. I mean, I passed, didn't I? <laughs> I, mean, I graduated from high school. So if I give you a pre-cal problem right now, you'll be able to figure it out. Once I see the formula, I can probably I can figure both things out. I'm actually pretty good at math. I'm surprised by that because I don't think I was that good at math. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So I guess I just know how I will know. I guess when I'll die. I would hate that though. I would hate knowing like, oh man, there's many days left. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I would rather know how I would die, well, even though I'd be paranoid. The things, the things, I rather know. When I will die, because I know after a few days I'll forget, because I'm so overtired and overworked that I'll just probably forget about it when huh. it's gonna happen. Huh. Good logic there. Yeah, 
Actually, you know what? I'll take that back. I think I read. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna be forgetful. I'm actually, I actually do have pretty decent memory. Uh, but I, I think I'd rather know when I will die because I think I could actually like. Plus, I mean, Try to plan it, it doesn't out. help that I'm, I plan. I plan things. No, there you go. So you plan it out. Plan it like a vacation. I, I will be dying on this day. So let me go ahead and plan a vacation before then. <laughs> All right, man. So live without music or television. Shit. I hate you for this one. Because I can't work out to TV shows. You're going to be Ted Mosby like, oh, I forgot my headphones. Are you that guy? Are you that guy at the gym? No. I'm carrying my headphones now. No, but like if you forget your headphones, you're like, can't work out. <laughs> nah, just go ahead. And... There's something about working out with no music though. It's so, like, I mean, I get it at the gyms. They have music. Like yeah, but it's all uppity and stuff. But it's not. It's just like it doesn't get me amped. <laughs> well, yeah, because I got like Eminem. I got some reggaeton in there. I got some uh, rap. I got um, all kinds of stuff. I honestly don't have rock anymore. You got any Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? No, I don't. What? No, no good vibrations. No good vibrations. Man, dude, you're missing out. That, that, feel it, feel it. <laughs> no. Come on, come on. <laughs> I don't even have a EDM. I used to have EDM too. Dang. Huh. Yeah. Wait, does that count as techno, or are you just saying EDM? That, there's some people that get offended when I call it techno. Yeah, I don't get offended. I'm not one of those people. So yeah, go ahead and call it techno. Remember the '90s? That was like techno galore. <laughs> <laughs> that was when um, what was what was that movie? Night of the Roxbury. Oh yeah. Um, what is love? What is love, baby? Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Was that white powder on your nose? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a classic movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess. See, you see, you brought up movies, and the thing is, like, sometimes movies, you know, they have soundtracks and shit. Um, they use movies or they use music, so it's kind of like, would you? Okay, let me put it this way: when you're watching a movie, would you listen to music from there or? Would it just be people talking? Would, movie, would movies count for television? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously, you put on USA Network, they're probably, probably playing uh, Fast and the Furious for like a million times. Or Walker, Texas Ranger. They used to, actually. Didn't USA Network used to have like MacGyver in the mornings? No, they used to have uh, Burn Notice. And, uh, I never watched that show. A lot of people told me the show was really good, but I was like... I haven't watched it. I watched I White Collar, though. I didn't get it. My caller is really My caller was good. But damn, this is hard. Are you making me, damn it, you're making this more difficult than it should be. Fuck it. Fuck your music. Fuck it. <sighs> the office is just too powerful. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking about right now. <laughs> I think, oh man, I love too many TV shows. That's why I was watching, I was even thinking about the Big Bang Theory right now. And I was like, oh. uh, I, I probably have to say it. I probably say I have to live without music, man. Because damn, bro, like this is actually like the first week we actually agree on a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one more though. We got one more. Go ahead and say then. All right, meet your favorite fictional character or favorite musician. What are you? What are you interested in? I'm gonna be honest. I have too many favorite musicians, so it's like. I even I'm just trying to think because I, I mean, I'm sure you also have favorite fictional characters. Oh, yeah, hands down. Okay, for each one, you got to uh, pick each, 
like for each category, which would be like the person you would want to meet, and then we'll decide. That's how we'll decide it. I guess. Um, so for me, my favorite f- fictional character, I think, would have to be Dwight Troop. And it's, uh-huh. it's not so much of just. I know everyone's like, "Oh, you're an office fan. Of course, you're gonna pick Dwight." It's just that, just the fact that you're like, "Oh my god, you're real!" Like that, because you know, Dwight's just like an unreal character. Yeah. And so you're just like, just meeting Dwight Schrute for the just ever, it's just gonna be amazing as it is. You know, you could maybe throw Moe's. Moe's probably be more more funny, but he'll just run away randomly out of nowhere. But I think Dwight would be the, the character I would say that I would want to meet as far as a fictional character. Um, musicians. Hank the security guard. <laughs> Free in the blue. There you go. <laughs> oh god, that was horrible. That was horrible. The fact that he actually got CDs. CDs. Oh man, that's so bad. My favorite uh Hank Hank the security guard one was when This is now <laughs> Are those teenagers out there again? <laughs> Those teenagers with skateboards out here again? No. It's like, where are they? This ends now. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe Like, I don't think we ever talked about Hank the security guard. Everyone talked about the Everybody talks about him. Unless, you know, obvious podcasts here and there. But, um, shoot. I would, I would say musician. Oh, dude, it's, a, it's, it's between Ice Cube and, and, um, uh, Dang it. Uh, Stone Sour lead singer. Stone Sour lead singer. Right. You know, oh. Okay. My, okay, so. How am I throwing a blank okay, on him? So He's since like, literally one of my favorite vocals. Okay, so since you're talking about, thinking about that right now, I would choose as my favorite fictional character to meet Ron Swanson. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and then I guess favorite musician would be uh, uh, Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor, lead singer of Stone Sour and Slipknot. So you're Dwight Schrute and Corey Taylor. It, but it's between that or Corey Taylor or Ice Cube. Okay, so who would you rather <sighs> meet? Either Dwight Schrute, real life, say he looks like Ryan Whistle, everything, and then he acts like, you know, false. <laughs> Bears, beats, battlestar, like um, What is going on? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you know what I always wonder about that that opening. Right. What was the school? The two schools of thought. There are two schools of thought. Um, I honestly feel like one of them was <laughs> one of them. Uh, what, what, what was the question? What, what kind of bear is best? best? Yeah. Um, uh, I would honestly say Dwight was about to say grizzly bear. And the other one was probably be. But what's the two schools of thought? Like, what were the two no, factors in deciding what would be the that, best? That's where I'm getting at. That's oh. where I'm getting at. Grizzly bear would be out in the natural wilderness. You go to the Antarctica, polar bear. Oh, so you're saying you would have to do a ecosystem? Ecosystem, because you know, Dwight would always go either depending on where you're going. That's true. But just the fact that also, oh my god, I can't believe I just thought about his Dwight. favorite hero, like, Jack Bauer. Jack his favorite person, Jack Bauer. Also, personally qual- overqualified. Uh, <laughs> By top candidate, Jack Bauer. <laughs> also, not real. <laughs> also, not fictional and overqualified. Um, fuck. Who would I pick as a musician? Um, 
Shit. Yeah, I have a lot of motherfuckers going around my mind right now. I think um, I think I would go ahead and say meet my favorite fictional character. I mean, it would be badass to meet Corey Taylor or Ice Cube, but it's Dwight Schrute. <laughs> At the yeah. end of the day, it is Dwight I Schrute. Mean, I mean, yeah, I would have to choose between Ron Swanson or um, I guess I would have to say um, Uh man, Chevelle. Yeah. Oh, the the lead singer from Chevelle. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, I mean, I usually listen more to Spanish music, anyways. But um, yeah, that was a nice. But that was like our two thousands. Yeah. Alternative. Um, but I would honestly say I would rather meet Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. I want all your eggs and bacon. Wait, 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 wait! I'm afraid. I'm afraid you probably didn't hear me correct. I want all your eggs and bacon. No, I think I think I think you're gonna think that I said I want a lot. No, I want all your. Oh, okay, yeah, eggs that's and what bacon. the line was. Wow, this is actually the first week we matched. It's like every single freaking answer. That's wow. Did we really? Wow. Yeah, because no turkey. Lose the ability to lie. No, when we will die. No music. No music, and then we both don't want to be our favorite musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is why we're best friends. This is why we're friends. television just rules our lives. Yeah, pretty much. Shit. All right, man. So that's the show. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Unhinged Sports Network. Once again, you guys can go ahead and follow them on at Network Unhinged on Twitter. And of course, man, check them out on their website at unhingedsn.com. Um, there's always some podcast going on throughout that throughout their website. So there's always something going on live on their website. And they also have some blogs, so it's really interesting, good reads. So I, I highly recommend you guys go check them out. Um, and I mean, we're part of it. Um, also, shout out to, I'm, I'm biased, but yeah, my favorite person, Alejandra Gomez. For the awesome logo that she made for us, we really love it. We're not, we're not, we're not over exaggerating. I'm loving it. We love it. Um, if you guys like the logo that she made for us, and maybe you guys want a logo for yourselves or for business or something like that, go ahead and follow her on Instagram at Ale Gomez Graphics. Once again, it's at Ale Gomez Graphics. Just hit her up to that you're interested in her services, and then when you ask when she has what you guys want, go ahead and just say "Go off, Queen," so she knows. We Go sent off you. Queen. <laughs> and I, I, I swear to God, I hear you say yes. I didn't. I do not. Um, Her, and I, also, shout out to our producer, our beat maker, apparently now our karaoke expert, oh, Roosevelt Spencer. Um, and you guys can follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. If you guys want to go and hit him up, try to do maybe some, some sort of collaboration. Maybe you're an inspiring rapper. Um, maybe you want someone to teach you how to make beats, or maybe you want him to make some beats for you. Go ahead and hit my guy Spencer, especially if you guys like what you hear these beats that you're hearing. Uh, oh but, yeah, that new beat was nice. Yeah, I like that Sick. one. I was like workout, little bit of workout music. Be looking pumped. So, once again, guys, that is the show. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys on for next week. Thank you, guys, and go ahead, enjoy the sounds of. Let It Go by the hit movie Frozen, sung by 
fucking ever wrote with for losing the bed in that classical. Oh my freaking god. Enjoy. Oh fuck me sideways, guys. Here I go. Oh, I'm about to start singing too. So when uh, I've never been in karaoke, so the snow blows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation. And it looks like I'm the king. Yeah, I said it. The wind is howling like swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep in. Heaven knows I tried. Don't let them don't let them see you're a good guy you always have to be conceal don't fear don't let them know I'm gonna shove Hector in the snow well now they know I'm gonna shove let it go let it go can't hold it back anymore let it go let it go turn away and slam the door Hector I'm going to shoot you I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. I will drop kick you right now, Hector. I will drop kick you so hard. It's funny how something makes everything seem small. And the fears that once controlled me. Can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong. It's for me. I'm free. I'm a hacker. Let it go. Let it go. I'm the one with the wind in the sky. Let it go. Let it go. You'll never see me cry, but just let me kick Hector's ass. Here I stand, and I'll, here I'll stay. Let the storm rage on. I'm gonna punch Hector in the ball. <clears throat> My power flows through the air into the ground. Yeah. My soul is spiraling, frozen fractals all around. Anyone through thought this love me like an icy glass. I'm happy. I'm never going back. The past is in the past. Let it go, let it go. And I'll rise like the break of dawn. Let it go, let it go, that perfect guy is gone. Here I stand, in the light of day. Let the storm, oh shit, let the storm rage I fucked up. <laughs> the cold never bothered me. Rock with you.
Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.